0: The snow, but yo, I've been taking it slow. I wasn't around, but the car crash couldn't lay the hustler down. Nah, I'm still here for real. I'm still here. It wasn't looking pretty, but Swissy, I'm still here. They said I could have been brain dead in the wheelchair, but I'm standing in the booth and the skills are still here. Yeah, the hustler home, the hustler home. Let's celebrate the toast with a cup of patrol. I got my drink and my drink. my
1: drink, get my two-step, my drink, get my two-step. <laughs> what is up, you guys? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. Remember, you do not have to listen to these. Like I say a Thursday, but you could listen to it on a Friday. That's not illegal. You can listen to it on the weekend. You don't even have to listen to it at all, but I'm glad that you do. How are you guys doing? Um, I also want to remind you up top before we get into this Uh, there are timestamps. So if you want to skip this front part, skip the front part, go crazy. If you want to hear the interview, go right to the interview. If you want to hear the recap, go right to the recap. That is the world is your oyster when it comes to this podcast. You guys, this is your podcast, or at least I want you to feel like it is. Um, (laughs) uh, let's see, let me be really honest up top. I am uh, feeling a little weirder than usual. And let me tell you why. Um, I, feel like I need, this is so weird. I feel like I need to be honest, even though this isn't that big of a deal, but I want to be honest in terms of, uh, mental health and things like that. And, uh, I was, I was not going to say anything, but it, it really is very hard right now for me to speak. Um, and I was like, you know what? Just just be honest. It's I, But I was like, oh, I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy, which is so funny. But what happens is I'm on SSRIs. I'm on antidepressants, and I have been for a couple of years. And uh, I think they're good. I think they're, you know, nothing's like a cure-all for depression or anything like that. But what I did find is... Um, you know how you'll have negative thought patterns? Well, I lived negative thought patterns. My mind would race with negative thoughts. And I would just, um, I would get on like one thought and it just, I I couldn't shake it, you know? And what happened was I'm on Wellbutrin and Lexapro. I'm on Wellbutrin in the morning and Lexapro in the evening because Lexapro used to knock me out. And uh, I would, I found with the Lexapro especially, it would really, you know, you'd still have those depressing thoughts, but you would be able to get out of them quicker, if that makes sense. You'd be able to break that thought pattern. So it didn't, you know, I, I was always kind of under the impression or kind of hoped that SSRIs would be some kind of magical cure-all, and then I would just be happy. And I was like, man, that'd be amazing, just be happy all the time. But it wasn't that, but it did help break those thought patterns. Um, and, but the thing is, you have to take them every day for them to work, I guess. The bad thing is, and I know this sounds potentially silly, so I'm visiting my folks, right? I'm visiting my parents in Arizona. Um, a couple of people have reached out to me online that, like, you're in Arizona. Hey, and then, um, which is awesome. Hi to anybody in Arizona. Uh, I'm in Gilbert if you want to come out to my parents' place. So what happened was I pack, and as I think I've even said that I want to learn to pack better on here. And I don't pack well. I just throw everything into a bag, usually at the last minute, because I get too overwhelmed. Um, and that comes with toiletries as well. So what happened is that I have my my pill bottles and my vitamins. I take like fish oils and like a, a multivitamin. You, you know, it doesn't really matter. But I threw all of these into a bag. And I came to Arizona on, on Sunday, I think. Yeah, or drove on no, Saturday. And... I got all my stuff out and I realized that I had my Wellbutrin, but I didn't have my Lexapro. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? That's, that's okay. Well, you know, I knew it. I don't know. I was just like, you know, we'll get, we'll get through it. And, um, what happens when you are off, uh, antidepressants for more than a couple of days, is it, or at least for me, I don't know if this is for everybody is it starts to have this it kind of like your mind kind of vibrates which is really scary because that's when you realize like you're like oh my god was i on like a heavy drug so it's not necessarily you like just get depressed all of a sudden but it is like whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm at 11:47 in the evening, and I did this great interview with our guest Maggie Kerner, who I think you're going to love. I I thought she was just amazing, and it was like the first time I ever talking to her. So it was like I was really I was really proud and excited of uh, to be able to talk to her. I, I think she's great, and I think you're going to love her. But um, all day today, my mind has been going wow, 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 and I tried to work out, and that was very hard. Um, and I realized. Um, you know, I think, I think guys especially have this kind of bullshit fantasy thing in their head of like, well, I'll just tough it out. I'll just tough it out. But here's the deal, guys. I don't want to tough it out. I'm too old to tough it out. And I was like, really, I was like, so I, I I think I just got to wake up in the morning and call my doctor and beg to get like a prescription sent here. Um, I don't know. So if I sound a little weirder than usual, that's what it is. It's really hard for me to um, uh, to to, uh, to be clear. Like I, I think I'm probably a little rambly uh, today, um, more than more so than usual. So uh, we're just going to get right into the interview, and I think it's a great interview. And yes, I do know Kanye uh, took Arena uh, Sherzik Sherik. Bradley Cooper's ex, um, they they went to Paris, we got our first pictures, and I've got a whole segment on all of Irina's uh, people she's dated in the past, and I do have a lot of things I want to say about this Kanye situation, a lot of things about this Kanye situation. Did you guys like yesterday's episode about The Bachelorette with uh, Kay, Kay York City? I thought she was awesome, uh, so great to to be able to talk to her. Um So I want to talk about that. I am going to remember Friday. I'm going to do a Kardashian recap like I usually do. Uh, I believe I'll have a, a special guest or two on on Friday to help me talk about the series finale of the Kardashians, and like I always said, it's like The Bachelorette. I think these are very important shows in terms of pop culture. I know we all love Bravo, but we always have to study. We always have to taste test other reality shows to kind of help us appreciate what Bravo presents to us, you know? And I think it's like really, it's all in the same DNA, right? But also we're going to talk about on Friday's show, Andy's, uh, they, they released a trailer for a two-part series reunion of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, we got our first look today, a minute preview, and to me, it looked better than the entire series. And I was like, damn, why did not they not do this sooner? And remember, Ryan Seacrest is one of the producers on Keeping Up With The Kardashians, so also very odd they didn't choose Ryan Seacrest to do that, which kind of, I think, hints towards um a possible breakup between ryan and the kardashians so i thought that was interesting because remember they are done with Ian, they are moving to hulu but they are acting like that uh the hulu deal doesn't exist i guess they're waiting to uh bury themselves with this and get all the adulation uh from their finale and then go surprise (laughs) we have a new show we're getting paid tens of millions of dollars for it enjoy this but I have a lot of stuff I want to talk about in terms of Kardashians that will be on Friday. So please join us, even if you don't. I think uh, we got to celebrate. We got to celebrate these the end of an era, in a sense, uh, the Kardashians on terrestrial TV or you know cable TV and not streaming services. So I think that is something to definitely pay attention in terms of the pop culture landscape and where it's headed from here. Uh, today's episode, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we talk about. Um, not the show tonight, the show that you, that just aired on Wednesday night, the show where we find out Erica Jan is getting a divorce from lawyer Tom. So it is a very, so we watched it tonight and Maggie watched it. She's in Austin, Texas right now. And then we talk, we talked for a couple hours. So, uh, this is a long one. I'm going to put timestamps if you want to skip right to the Bravo stuff, but I implore you, I don't implore you, I'm not begging, but I, what I do think is, um, She's a musician. She's a singer that I found uh, during quarantine, and I'm going to play you her song, and I want you to listen to it and listen to the whole thing. I think it's just fucking great, first off, Um, and I just, I geeked out, and so the first part, I'm sure she was even annoyed because I was asking, like, a lot of geeky music questions because, guys, I don't have a fucking lot of friends that can sing, and I'm sorry to anybody that is my friends that think they can sing. You can't, okay? But Maggie can. Um, So I get to ask her a bunch of that stuff and what what it was like to create over the quarantine and what it's like to perform again. and, And I was really and then we move into like an hour plus. Of Bravo Housewife stuff, um, which I think you're going to love. We break down today's episode scene for scene. We even go to Real Housewives of New York. We talk about her favorite housewives. It is an all-around great Bravo conversation. And this was cold. I've never talked to Maggie before uh, today, and I was just so excited. Thank you guys for giving me the platform to be able to reach out to people that inspire me. And definitely Maggie's music inspires me. And it was just so exciting because what i uh this experiment this podcast experiment it turns out i think i'm right it's like kind of cool to fucking talk to everybody you know like everybody has something cool and amazing to offer and th- there's some really talented people that are coming on this show and to me for somebody that has always appreciated the written word the sound of a voice the clang of an instrument, um, you know, the images on a screen. It is so exciting to talk to the people that make all of these. And so thank you for allowing me to go on these kind of little, uh, uh, walkabouts where we go a little off topic, but it's all, you know, like I said, it's all in the same DNA. It's all the stuff we like. So please give it a chance. I like long form, Um, I like, I like talking, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to talk in my real life sometimes, but when a mic goes on, it it gets a little bit easier. So, and, and there's like a part of me that you're like, man, I really, I really am excited to talk to people. Just need a mic, you know, maybe I'll just travel with a mic from here on out. Just, would that be weird if I just show up to places with a microphone? You're like, that's not plugged into anything. I'm like, Hey, what's your name? Um, so her name is Maggie Kerner. Uh, I'm going to play you, Um, uh, her song in a second, and then we'll get right into the interview. And like I said, timestamps, uh, if you like this podcast and all the hard work that's going into it, uh, please rate us five stars on Apple podcasts. Apple podcasts is so frustrating lately. They just switched over again, but it's hard. Sometimes the episodes don't hit as soon as I post them where it does with Spotify. So it is very frustrating, but they just revamped their entire system. So guys, sometimes I know it is hard. It doesn't show up directly in your feeds. All I can say is subscribe. If it doesn't show up right up unsubscribe and resubscribe again i know it's a pain in the butt but i guess we're having to help apple work out its kinks and also leave those reviews remember this is my second week with iHeartRadio, and they have not said i'm pranking you yet uh they they still are with the podcast so we want to keep them here we want to keep them excited about this show and uh and so just keep listening, keep doing everything you're doing, keep rating it, keep listening to the guests that are on and and supporting all of this stuff. We have such a neat little community. And um, thank you. I know my head has been a little distracted, not because of the SSRIs, but because there has been so much work that has gone into these last two weeks, more so than I could imagine. And I know my parents are probably uh, a little bummed because I haven't really been able to spend as much time as I would like to. I've, I've been in this really, if you're in this creepy bedroom that my niece and nephew, their playroom, and my nephew is turning 14 here this weekend. And, uh, it's they, my mom still has this place like an eight-year-old's bedroom. It's very weird. Uh, but, uh, anyways just thank you um thank you for helping i know i i know i feel like i asked you guys to do a lot but um you know a five-star review on apple podcast is pretty free i think you just have to hit that thumb and and i i really do want you to check out maggie kerner's music i'm going to put her website on the description and i'm going to start you with the song because i think you're going to be blown away because i I listen to this song a lot during the quarantine i think you're going to dig it it really uh it really packs a punch. So, um ladies and gentlemen, the song is called Be Somebody Who Loves. This is Maggie Kerner.
0: When I was four years Boom old, my grandmama gave me stories for a reason. she told me Boom. be patient, child. Boom. 10 years old That boy gave me my first kiss He gave me songs I won't forget I, I break the chain
1: And gentlemen, this is your Thursday episode. I am still at my parents' house. Uh, so that goes, I, I just, I don't even know what to say about that. I'll, I'll probably go into that at some other point, but it's it's been a journey. Uh, but like all journeys, uh, I, I come back to podcasting at all times. And Uh, I wanted to tell you guys, uh, you guys have been with me on this journey over quarantine uh, and how much I used Instagram as a tool, uh, not only for the podcast, but just for my personal enjoyment and to kind of get me out of like depths of hell that we were all going through. And you guys know what a huge fan of music I am. It really, um, I think we all are, but it just kind of elevates my mood or it gets me sad or it kind of like any kind of emotional color I think is, you know geared towards music. But anyways, my next guest I found on Instagram and we follow each other and it was one of those things where you listen to somebody's music and you're like, "Oh, that's that's the that's the kind of music I want to listen to." Yeah, that that's it. And I was so curious about her journey and she is turns out a reality show fan. So this is our first time talking. So once again, I am using this podcast as just a simple way to make friends and meet new people, but also to geek out about somebody that I think is extremely talented and somebody that you need to know. And we probably won't go into as much of the music stuff as I would want to, because That to me is, I think, you know, when, when actors say they just want to direct, like that's to me in my head, I'm like, Oh, I just want to make music. I don't have any music talent guys, but this next guest does, uh, you just heard her song and wasn't that fucking amazing. So anyways, without further ado, Maggie Kerner, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: (laughs) So you are at a cabin in Austin, you said, right?
0: Yeah, I I decided to sign a year lease during COVID on this little cabin on Lake Travis in Austin.
1: That's uh what and you you grew up in Louisiana, is that right?
0: Yeah, born and raised in Louisiana. I've uh lived there my whole life until I signed this lease and left and came to Austin. I've lived yeah. in Louisiana my whole life. Yeah.
1: Well, so I just saw Because I really wanted to talk to you, not only about your music, but about the state of the last year, because I would imagine a new artist that's trying to make music depends on touring, you know, more than anything to get the word out about your music. And that kind of was like taken away from every musician pretty much entirely, unless you're really into live, like Zoom streams, which is, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know if that was like your thing, but I even tried to watch a couple of those and it sometimes just made me sad. Um, (laughs) What... I want to get into like how you got started but what was this last year like where i imagine live performance for you especially it seems like you have a fucking awesome band behind you too what was that like by like just kind of cutting you off at the legs like that
0: yeah well i really do have an awesome band i play with a bunch of really amazing guys um yeah to get that oh, it was a blessing and a curse you know if, uh i think I think I'm really proud of the way I handled it. You know, I kind of just took the time to write. I wrote a lot of songs and I explored songwriting in ways I was forced to. Usually I would just call up a piano player who's like studied piano for 20 something years and went to Loyola or, you know, <laughs> so I just, I was forced to play piano myself. I was forced to play the guitar and I don't know. I just, I, I was, but touring, yes, it, it, it cut off my financial um, blood supply, my supply of money, right? So <laughs> but the, while the live streams were sometimes very sad, they also were really, they gave me hope and because the fans really rallied together and would send me a lot of money every single time. They still do. They send me Venmo and PayPal money. And it's just, that was so special to me that people are like, we love you. Please keep going. Like, because... You know there's sometimes you're like oh god should I just like seriously quit doing this and like go back to school and get a um a masters in psychology you know like i didn't know what to do but I, I i yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean well how do you even know that you have this talent like i was reading about you and i think it said something like you were you were doing this other thing and then a friend heard you sing and then like wouldn't let you not sing is that true or is that internet gossip. Yeah.
0: I had this like very divine intervention kismet meeting with this man. And I was about to go get my, I was, it was the summer between graduating from getting my bachelor's in psychology. And then I was going to get my master's and I met this, this actor in Shreveport, Louisiana.
1: <laughs> Actors are horrible. We're just horrible people.
0: Ah, I <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy. But I, I believe he was definitely put in my life for a very specific reason. Right.
1: Yeah. No, totally. I mean, we all need those people that actually kind of like uh, highlight the path that we're supposed to be on when we don't see it ourselves. But that is such a huge path. Like if you're going for psychology, I mean, that's like a huge detour from that original path.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I, I knew everybody was like, why don't you study music? And I just did not. I never wanted music to become homework or something that I hated doing you know because it was just always my my passion and my outlet for for release and everything but yeah yeah, psychology i mainly just use my my background in psychology now to psychoanalyze the housewives (laughs)
1: Uh, well i mean that's perfect we've got the perfect guest then um uh well by the way who do you think is i mean out of the housewives who do you think has the most musical talent and I, i mean of course you're probably going to say Countess Luann. I mean, is there other uh, housewives that you're like, that girl's got it?
0: Oh gosh. Countess Luann just has great producers, right? <laughs> yes. And she's drop dead gorgeous.
1: I mean, and she does she, get better looking does, with age.
0: She really does. She's like the Benjamin Buttons of uh, <laughs> her and Dorit, you know, um, <laughs> they really are aging backwards.
1: Well Dorit, did you did you find out today that Dorit is the only one of those ladies that didn't get a nose job even though it looked like she potentially got a nose job she was one of the only ladies that kept quiet and um and it's contouring, I guess with makeup.
0: I don't believe that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but back to his question, I believe that the most talented housewife musically would have to be candy burris right yeah. Well, yeah
1: candy made a whole career of that you guys real housewives of atlanta atlanta of course candy was in a girl group escape and then she wrote for so many musical artists she know like i believe she wrote uh the tlc song no scrubs i think
0: yes 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 yes
1: like she really i mean she knows her stuff like that yeah. is so like there's
0: she's somebody to be respected in yeah music. like
1: there's Countess Luann is like the Weird Al of Housewife music, and I love Weird Al. I Wonderful.
0: Love it. For what she's doing, it's, a, it's amazing, right? Like, Have you
1: ever seen Countess Luann live?
0: God, no, but I would love it. Oh.
1: It would be great if you got big enough where you could get her as an opener, opening act for you.
0: Yeah, or, like, I'm imagining, like, if I ever get married or, if like, one of my friends ever get married, like, that's the kind of bachelorette trip I'd want. Like. <laughs> yeah, everybody
1: just goes. I saw, I've seen Countess Luann twice. I followed her around, like, the Grateful Dead for a, a little bit. And uh, she, she, it was so funny because it was like a whole, it was the a beautiful theater. If you guys have ever been in Los Angeles, the Wiltern Theater, which is just beautiful. And if you're drunk enough, you'll just stare at the ceiling because it's so beautiful. Um, but uh, it was all of us Bravo fans and we were having such a good time, but we literally, I'm talking thousands of us were just talking over Luann. We were just having full conversations and she was like the background music of our conversations. And she would tell these stories that were written for her. We've seen a little bit on the show and then she'd be like, and that's how I met my friends. And then she'd be like, I get by with a little help from my friends. Like, and then she'd go into like a cover of a Beatles song. And it was so awkward, but so beautiful, you know?
0: Oh, my! God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I, I'm cringing. Imagine. No, but
1: like that, I mean, it is exactly what you would think. But the, the great thing about Countess Luann is that she doesn't, she doesn't get it the way we get it. Like we think of our her music, like her music career is a music career, and we think it's like a fun diversion that like brings us all together. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad she exists. You know? I'm it just... would be
1: it would be crazy if she does like because you say like put 10,000 hours in, you'll get like really like an expert level at something. Like what if like Countess Luann like does this the rest of her life, and in which she's in her 70s or 80s, she's like barbara streisand level you know
0: Clean icon legend yeah what is she, so yeah, 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 <laughs> you
1: she's daniela yeah um uh what kind of music do you like what is your uh fa- like what are your all-time favorites and i know that's like kind of a ridiculous question because i oh, can never yeah. answer favorite housewife what, what are you listening to
0: i mean i'm always listening to kendrick lamar in in radiohead in um uh who else i love shaky graves and the revivalists uh yeah That's- I love all different feist uh patty griffin little oh show my
1: group. god i Dude, saw I'm- patty griffin in austin when <gasps> like i was there on like a weekend trip and i was at like this weird pop-up fe- and patty griffin came out and just played a surprise set and it was just one of those beautiful like austin moments where you're like holy crap i can't believe this is happening yeah. um Yeah, no, uh, Shaky Graves, actually, I was listening to you on Spotify today, and Shaky Graves, like, came on right after you. Like, they put you, and then, like, and then I was listening to you, and then Shaky Graves will play artists that, uh, you know, you should hear if you like this music, and Shaky Graves, like, right after you. The
0: algorithm is in my favor, then, I would say. Well,
1: I mean, do you ever think about the algorithm lately? I get really nervous about the algorithm, because I'm like, is it any fun if something can predict me entirely and be right on the money
0: Honestly, had a thought right before I got on. Um, I was looking at something and I was like, "Stop refreshing, looking, you know, seeing if you have likes." Because you know, I was like, "I wonder if I've been shadow banned." You know, (laughs) (laughs) because you know, Sam, Bravo historian, who is my my you know my um, everything. She's like my (laughs) professor, my 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 Jesus of all things Bravo. Um, But she was shadow banned and it's real, you know, so.
1: Oh, I got shadow banned, uh, right at the holidays. And I remember that. And I didn't know it. Like people were like, we can't find you anymore. We have to type in your full, like, so bad it's good with Ryan. And then it would pop up instead of just so bad. And I was like, that's wild. And I couldn't tell what I had done, even though I'm like, well, I like might've bullied Jax too much, I guess. maybe." which is just so sad when you're like, this sucks. Like I'm shadow banned or something. And I guess it's, I get it, but it just sometimes sucks, you know, especially when you're using it as a tool to get like new listeners.
0: I don't know, but it is joy. It's there's joy in what we do, right? Like we love what we do and thank God. I mean, we got this outlet where we get to do this. So if you can just try to focus on having fun and like, because that's what people want to see. And when, I feel like for me, whenever you start caring too much about the numbers and the algorithm is when like the art or the comedy or whatever you're producing, like whatever you're making, it's not as good when you're concerned about that, right? So
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Like the uh, listeners of anything or like if you view a movie or like you can tell when you're hearing something real. And that's why I even say with like, you know, I joke around about memes a lot, but at the same time, I will rather see a meme that I know comes from like something weird in that person Rather than something where like, oh, that's the obvious joke. Like if I can get the sense of like you and your weirdness, your inner weirdness, that's the stuff that I'm like, that is gold because it's true. You know, it's like and there is an art in like pitching jokes and like pitching like a basic joke that can blow up. But when I can sense like who made the joke in the joke, that to me is like art.
0: 100 percent. Like in you and Sam Bravo historian, y'all have such inadmittable. Voices in your memes and in your, in the way you, yeah, it's, it's great as a, as a fan, as a fangirl of y'all, I think, I think totally you can hear your voice in your comment, in your humor, and even in your memes, who knew?
1: Well, how long have you been doing this, your, this journey so far?
0: Um, I guess. Like, I'm on year 12, officially, I guess, 11 or 12.
1: 11 or 12. And uh, so uh, what I'm saying is like, so this year kind of cut things off, but in a way you kind of made it a strength in that you actually taught yourself certain things. You kind of got more in touch with the artist's voice within potentially. And uh, it seems like uh, it was positive in that aspect. So do you feel strong coming out on the other side of things?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I mean, I made a goal, like I was like, hey, you've never done a show by yourself, really. Um, so you, you're going to book a show in Austin while you're there and you're going to play a whole show by yourself. And like, I did now done a few of those now. And, um, but the other thing was like, so during COVID I got dropped from my label and like an album that I had been waiting to release for a very long time. I, I thought for a moment there, I wasn't going to be able to release it. Um, and I did, I got it back and now we're trying to figure out, now I'm trying to figure out how to Is that, it.
1: is that what the song is from? The single?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So Mm -hmm. you had that and it was part of an overall plan for an album with a label and then COVID hit and it kind (laughs) of.
0: I was like not guaranteed moneymaker for them. So I'm pretty sure because a lot of the labels were hemorrhaging because touring is no longer viable. You know, um, if you release something on a Friday, like the attention span is over it by, by Monday. Right. So it's just, I get it. I get why I was dropped, but I was also like, Oh God, this is the disgusting side of the business that they've been telling me about that. I've been here. <laughs> <about."> <laughs>
1: that, that I've been protected from yeah. I mean, this <laughs> is what Countess Luann has gone through. And now I'm going through it. You know um, I was, I was driving to Arizona on Saturday night and I was listening to a podcast with uh, Adam Duritz, the lead singer of Counting Crows. And I always come back to, it's just one of those childhood bands that I always really liked. But he was talking exactly about what you were talking about in the sense of how you find music nowadays and how the internet speeds up the process of, you know, back in the day, it was like somebody would tell you about this artist. And then the internet now tells you about this artist. But within 72 hours, sometimes the internet can make you famous and then spit you out at the same time. And I think it's great in a lot of ways, like Spotify will put artists in front of you to hear, but if you're not in that algorithm, algorithm, it could completely screw you at the same time. And that's why I remember hearing your song on Instagram and I was like, oh shit, this is actually, this is real. Like this is really, really good. Um, And it was weird on that interview as well. He was talking about uh, right after their first album hit, they didn't know they were, they didn't know how hard it hit until they were in New Orleans playing a show at Timpetino's the place That's you the just yeah. There was this place in New Orleans, you guys, and they went in and they sold out and it was like a big venue. But then outside of the venue, two times the amount of people that could fit in there were outside of that venue wanting to get in. And I thought that was so weird because I got off the road and then I saw your stories on Sunday and you played that same damn venue on Saturday night last week in New Orleans. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I sold out. We had two shows in one night and I sold out both and had like it was the first time back with the band with the audience. Yeah. So, so what? The, what did that? Holy! Like? Can I cuss? Yeah. So far, you. Holy <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking shit! <laughs> it was like the best thing I had ever felt in my life. I was grinning from ear to ear most of the time. I was able to like play a show that now I see as like more refined because during COVID I learned how to sing quietly and I learned how to say hey I don't want all the musicians on these songs I want you to come on and off stage and I want some quiet moments on I used to think it was my job to go up on stage and entertain and and sing loud the whole time you know and um I don't know something about COVID and having to be quiet and singing alone in my house so like I didn't have to compete with the drums or the the loud instruments like I don't know it just I felt like I performed a really, just a new, sh- new kind of show for me. And it really helped me reach new levels of connection with the audience and new depths of like, like this vessel shit that I feel when I'm on stage.
1: Yeah. Right before you go on. And especially with this show, what were the feelings? Was it excitement? Was it nervous? Was it all, everything?
0: I get very nervous. Um, but it was mostly excitement um i had my like i had a bunch of really great guys up there this band called the Revivalists. i had two members from their band andrew campanelli and zach feinberg i had my friend josh darkman who's like have a great day guy and then but most <laughs> yeah, you should check him out i'll see you <laughs> Please. Like, bring me so much joy and happiness but anyway um but i had my my main guy andrew yanofsky he's my keys player my piano player and I had him, so I wasn't as nervous as if I would have had to go up there by myself, you know? Um,
1: How soon in do you know, like, oh, fuck, I'm totally okay? Like, the audience, like, you know, I've done auditions where you're like, okay, I'm three lines in. I know, like, if I can get past this one line, I'm solid. And especially if I know I get a reaction or something, I'm great uh, and I can just go with it. How soon into that show did you realize you were okay?
0: I think uh, after the first song, you know, yeah. after the first like applause after that first song, um, because the audience is feeling just as rejuvenated and in like, yeah, re- like just everybody's just feeling this energy that they this energy transfer that we haven't felt in so fucking long, you know, it's like it's like not having sex for. Some of us didn't do that either. <laughs> so it's,
1: it's It's been decades for me now. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I put it all in the
0: podcast. Go to this very intimate, beautiful energy exchange with people. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a beautiful thing. I no, so I, I'm
1: beautiful. such a huge, uh, live music is a huge part of my existence and always has been. So this past year in, that, in terms of that was just crazy because you just, you're like, oh my God, I would have been at, you know, you, you see these music venues closing around you or you see all of this. And then there is something about the recorded music that's amazing, but there is nothing that can take away from a live moment because it really, uh, it shows you exactly where you are in your life. You get to be with your, some of your best friends with somebody that you might've met for the first time. You can look at a stranger. It's the happiest you'll ever see people. Uh, that's why I love festivals as well, because all of a sudden you'll have 80,000 people smiling. Where do you get that? You know, except for music.
0: Yeah. And Andre. Uh at the festivals like basically
1: I miss the drugs (laughs) as well I miss the drugs at the festivals but um I I just I geek out about it so much because you talk about it as a vessel and I was wondering if that's even what it's like not just in performing but the writing is it uh I don't know how this fucking happened or is it at the same time you know Jerry Seinfeld will be like okay yeah certain jokes come to you but uh, I get up there at 8 30 every day I go to this desk and I make myself write something even if it's shit
0: with both right sometimes so first let me so i do this thing every day where if i forget to like play guitar or piano and sing like i'm kind of i get a little moody right um so i need that i need a daily ritual of that and i allow i usually impress record and i allow whatever wants to come out to come out whatever song wants to be played that day or whatever and sometimes the vessel shit happens Where I've pressed record and my fingers start playing a chord progression and a melody comes out of me and lyrics come out of me and I don't know what's happened until I days later I'm in the car and I've listened back to that voicemail or uh, voice memo and I'm like oh wow that was some shit that's beautiful like okay that's a new song I'm writing now so that's kind of how I write I'm not like rigorous like nine to five every day you know. I just kind of let, I kind of try to be kind to myself about, about that, but I do every single day, try to do something, even if it's just, Oh, that word's better than that word or, oh that melody could be good as the bridge or whatever, you know?
1: Is there a lyric that you're most proud of or something that still like burns in you when you like sing it?
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure
1: there are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh,
0: ah. Man. Yeah. Cause especially like when I was going through a breakup, um, in 2018 or was it 19 i can't remember we were on tour and i was singing this song called storyteller that's on the new album and it's about like a lion cheating ass motherfucker that i date, dated years previously but the same the same song applied to this guy too because apparently <laughs> I <learned> lessons yet. <laughs> so yeah no singing that on stage i just like sometimes i would like burst into tears and like by screaming into the mic and the the audience is feeling it and they're crying and they're screaming. And it's just like, to, oh. I feel so grateful that I have that place Outlet. to go oh. and scream, literally fucking scream this stuff out of me, get it out of me so that it's no longer inside and like, body keeps the score, you know, like that's that yeah. great book, you know, like you got to get it out somehow, whether it's dancing or moving or singing or screaming or whatever it is. I don't know. People exercise. I, I should be one of those. I want to be one of the people that exercise, Ryan.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That's I, I, I can hike. And that's like the extent of my exercise ability. I want to be like, yeah, I always think about that, especially as I get older of like, fuck, like there are certain things that I just know at this point that I'll never do. Like, I'm not going to be a bodybuilder at this okay, point, so you know, like
0: you were put on this earth to be an Instagram model.
1: Well, no, I mean, of course that, of uh, of course, that's what you would think. Yeah. But no, I know it's, uh, I know it's crazy to all the people listening, but no, I, I wasn't, I I've decided to shun that and just use my voice like you, uh, we're both artists with our voice. Um, yeah. Okay, that is like I I could geek out for another two hours, folks. But we're here to talk about housewives. We're here to talk about reality shows. So uh, Maggie's clapping. Um, What is? By the way, I was like, I was like, the only way you can come on. Can you let me geek out? I I literally can I talk about music? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to talk about housewives now. What is your relationship to reality shows?
0: Okay, so I guess I was when I I was born in '86. I'm okay with my age. I feel like I look pretty damn good for mid thirties. Yeah. Um. So I started with Real World on MTV. You know, which old- which, uh, which cast? The first one.
1: So you were first one. Did you like watch Real World Hawaii?
0: Way too young to be watching it, but I yeah. had a TV in my room from in cable from an early. Uh, <laughs> the the season that I remember the most. Was the one with uh, with Pedro, because from, oh,
1: real world San Francisco, yeah.
0: From an early age, I also learned about AIDS and like I wanted to know all of. I had all these questions and my mom would be like, "Where are you? What is where is this coming from?" You know, um, um, but it was it was good. Like I thought, MTV used to be pretty damn amazing and educational from the television shows, you know they were so
1: educational and so good that it makes you so shocked that they just play ridiculousness on a loop. Now, like I, I'm like, what happened to MTV? They had everything at, I mean, in VH1 to an extent as well, even though that was even like kind of the funnier, cheesier Brett Michaels of it all, but MTV really had real people, actually kids listening. You guys don't understand. they, brought real people from different aspects of life, kind of what like the housewives are doing now, but they're putting people like poor Ebony or Crystal Minkoff. They're putting them in and kind of going like, this is a social experiment this season. And the real world used to be that. Then when it got to like season 20, it was like everybody was drinking Red Bull and vodka and like, just trying to fuck on a couch, you know? But back in the day, like, I remember I was real world. Hawaii was like, I remember they worked at the shop. Local Motion. Amaya. This girl was into Colin. They had. I mean, it was just kind of like this weird soap opera. But the earlier seasons, like San Francisco and the New York, which they just revisited on the Paramount Plus Real World Homecoming, I thought were just amazing. Did you watch Real World Homecoming?
0: I didn't. I did not even know that was a thing. Maggie. Plus. Oh my
1: god! After you get <laughs> off tonight,
0: yeah. Paramount
1: Plus. Sign up for a free trial. They have six episodes of the original cast of Real World. All of those people, they put them in the same loft from the first season. And you see how people have changed. But more importantly, you see how people don't change. And it's like this weird sadness that you feel from it in this kind of beautiful way. Uh, But it's one of the best things I've seen this past year.
0: If I had never seen that show, I would have never seen people from different walks of life because I was from Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, I went to i was in the catholic school system i was never gonna see all these different people on television right so i don't know i i loved real world i loved road rules i wanted to be on road rules (laughs) i was like i'm more of a road rules than a real world girl (laughs) you know you fast forward to um you fast forward to like the like the simple life with paris hilton and the kardashians yeah never really got into that um I actually just started watching The Kardashians,
1: which like this season,
0: like this year, and now I'm on like I'm on. I have think I have like four seasons left.
1: Oh, you started from the beginning?
0: Yeah, I never really. I'd seen like you know little moments in the, but I never really watched it. I was like, listen, I only got enough time (laughs) in the day. I'm pretty devoted to these housewives and these other shows on Bravo. And a few other random shows. I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't give this to them right now. But yeah, that's another story. But yeah, I've always, I've always loved reality TV. The most part. Now, I mean, now I watch The Bachelor. I watch, love Bachelor in Paradise. Did you I watch the Did you watch or... the
1: Bachelor on Monday?
0: Um, I did not. I haven't. I'm. I was gonna watch it tonight, but I was like, I've already done about two, three hours of TV. I'm trying to, I'm trying to limit.
1: <laughs> well, what about the housewives? What are the housewives that you, why do you love them? I mean,
0: oh, man, I mean, aspiration. My, my first love affair started with New York. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, there was something, I loved Bethany so much. Like she was my number one for a very long time.
1: Why, why did you like Bethany?
0: I, I, I saw a lot of my stuff in her like the like i don't know i just saw a lot of i've related a lot to her personality but i there's also like a lot of her that i don't relate to at all but I yeah, just, what
1: did you thought about the um what she's turned into the evolution of bethany where she's girl her. boss extreme now
0: i think considering like how rich and powerful she is she's done a lot of good and she's still a good person I would imagine she seems like a good person she's just you know she's she's an alpha woman which I love and respect you know and I think sometimes I, I wonder if she would I do wonder if she would have such a reputation if she was a man you know what I mean in the business world but as far as what she's turned into you know I I give her the benefit for the doubt there's some things I've disagreed with but who cares you know at the end of the day
1: you brought up an interesting thing with the the Bethany is that she's done so much charity work and especially with like, you know, this is a crisis. You have that meme with her in the shirt, but she actually goes and raises money and travels into these areas that have been completely demolished by like hurricanes or weather and stuff like that and actually helps boots on the ground. And the same thing, I think in a way as Kim Kardashian does now with prison reform, where it's like, I want, and I do still make fun of them, but at the end of the day, I will always say what they do with that work. They don't have to do that. You think Kim Kardashian has to do prison reform? Do you think Bethany has to try to raise money from all of her rich friends and then go in? I mean, I'm sure there's a part of it that's like 5% self-serving, but I'm telling you, guess what's just as easy to do? Nothing. And they both chose to do something And you're right. If she was a male, we wouldn't bring up Jason Hoppe as much. Uh, We wouldn't bring up her divorce as much. We wouldn't bring up. I mean, she is like any good housewife. Her ego does get the best of her. And I think we've seen that this year with her big shot with Bethany spinoff, which we just got announced today. That she has uh, removed herself from Mark Burnett Productions, who produced that show and also produces Survivor. There will not be a second uh, season of her uh, Big Shot with Bethany uh, Apprentice show. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. She is still kind of an incredible woman. That's why she's OG, and that's why she's as big as she is.
0: Yeah. No matter what, like I'm still gonna want to watch what whatever she does. Like I'm enamored by her the same way like Jessica Simpson. Like or.
1: Wait, did you did you read her book? I mean,
0: like, not that any of these women have anything, or Kim Kardashian, they just have like that star quality that you're like, sign me up, I'll watch them shave, like shave their armpits. Like, that sounds interesting. Wait, is that
1: an option? Can we watch them shave? Is that like a cameo? (laughs) That
0: sounds creepy. Uh, Only
1: fans, Jennifer Aniston, armpit shaving. Let's do this. Um, Wait, did you watch the Friends reunion?
0: I haven't yet. No, everybody's (sighs) talking about. Yeah. There's something sacred about Friends for me, like the way it's been tied in a bow for me, you know?
1: Wait, what do you mean by that?
0: Like, I loved Friends. I I, I still have the DVD set, like as if I'm ever going to need that. <laughs> yeah. but Friends and Sex and the City, I, I really loved those growing up. Um, but yeah, I just, it's been tied in a nice bow. It ended and I don't know if I want to um, go back, but somebody did tell me it's not really more storyline, it's more actual um, it's just... Like- oh, it's
1: nothing, it's just them like reminiscing and things like that, but the, the sad part of it about it was Matthew Perry for me, because I always viewed myself as like a math, like I, you know, you always put yeah. yourself in like, you know, whether it's like, which Beetle do you like? Matthew Perry was always like the guy I liked because I thought of myself as a smartass, and he was really good at being a smartass, and just the way he delivered a line, and then to see him that, you know, I know he's I feel like the audience, like you just kind of watch somebody and you're, you fill in the blanks and you're like, oh, he, he looks like he's struggling, yeah. whether that be the case or not. But also you said something that's interesting is that uh, Friends really does it for you. And I think there's this fallacy that we have in society nowadays, sex in the city as well where we get too cool for school where we can't admit that we like certain things like friends all of a sudden became not cool to like sex in the city all of a sudden became not cool to like and yes sex in the city too was horrible but all of a sudden it became when i was like all you motherfuckers i watched you guys flip i i had primarily all friends that were girls and I watched every episode of sex in the city with them wigging out the girls would be crying hugging each other afterwards laughing I'm a Samantha I'm a Carrie all that stuff and now you sense that tide turning where they actually make fun of sex in the city and I'm like just let it be let it be
0: uh yeah I don't tend to make fun of things just because I'm like too cool versus school. like I I really I'm I'm pretty honest about what like the the uncool things that I like Like, I did enjoy the first Nickelback album.
1: Dude, I was just talking about that. Well, you probably know that I was just talking about that yesterday. Did you listen?
0: No, I didn't actually.
1: Maggie, are you shitting me?
0: (laughs) I'm not shitting you.
1: (laughs) I went on a 15-minute rant about Nickelback yesterday.
0: Yeah. Well, the first album is not bad. I don't know why people... That's exactly... They
1: had the photograph song. They had the... I'm like, so what? They did like power rock chords and they did it really well. And they got like... They made a lot of money, but then they got like annihilated from it. And I'm sorry. Like, you can't tell me that some of that stuff is not great. It makes you feel something. It makes you happy.
0: Yeah. The first concert I actually ever went to... Um, I went with my youth group in seventh grade to go see Creed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well that we can make fun of now <laughs> <laughs> with arms wide open. Um uh but by the way, Scott Stapp uh had a lot of problems. He's back on track, he's doing good. Like I love
0: I've been off track, I'm back on track, you know, <laughs> struggling. Um
1: Wait, I- is, is there anything that you well, that, this is, might be an interesting question. Is there anything that you don't like? Is there anything like I, it's just not my cup of tea? No, 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 thanks. Or I, as an artist, do you not say that ever?
0: What do you mean? Like, like, like a, is there
1: something you can't stand, whether it be a celebrity, a show, a piece of music, where you're like, I hate that?
0: <laughs> I used to be way more negative about and opinionated, negatively opinionated about uh, other people's music and other people's career. But once I got to the bottom of it, it really came from like a more resentful or jealous or fearful place, right? So I try not to talk shit necessarily about people's music, but some people I don't understand as much, right? Yeah. Uh, or I just feel like, oh, I'm I'm a little older now, aren't I? You know, like so, like the uh, Al- Olivia Rodrigo, everybody's yeah. out. and I respect it. I'm like, cool, but I'm like, ah. Eh. You know, and, th- and I used to feel like that about Taylor. Actually, Taylor Swift, I used to be like, I fucking hate her. And it's really because she got to perform on stage with Stevie Nicks at the Grammys and I didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean. Then I really, that did some soul searching work. I watched her docu, Taylor Swift's documentary and then I listened to Folklore and I was like, holy shit. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan now, you know. I think um, when people get a little older, <gasps> And when people grow older, they have experienced more life and therefore their songwriting just gets better, you know? I keep
1: thinking about that in terms of uh, jam bands where I didn't understand jam bands as a kid when I was younger didn't understand it I was like I want it quick I want it you know like play it like on the album and then I started as you get older I keep talking about this because it really hit me was that like I really like jam bands or I like because I think when you get older you realize that life is spread out it's not all just these big moments like and the spread out part makes you appreciate when it gets to that chorus or when it comes back around you just appreciate like holy crap these five musicians were able to bring that back after eight minutes and like go right to get there was something really magical about jam bands and I'm, I'm not saying that's like my main thing i'm just saying that i really appreciate it where i used to hate it i used to make fun of it i used to think it was horrible and now i kind of really dig it
0: well i used to be in a jam band um i was the lead singer of galactic which i actually what? i take that back they're not a jam band uh they were just pigeonholed kind of in the jam band community as far as like the festivals and the tours they were playing kind of sometimes yeah but um, I love the jam band community. They are so kind and so loving. But yeah, like it is. I, you're so right. It, it takes. It's it's really cool. I got to sit in with widespread panic. You said following. I, I know what's.
1: Me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just really cool to be up on that stage and not know what the f is about to happen, and then like eight minutes later, yeah, the chorus comes back around, and it, it's really something to witness for sure I, i've
1: heard musicians say sit in before and that just means you're sitting in with another band but i always yeah. have a recurring nightmare where i'm sitting in with pearl jam and all of a sudden he's like hey you want to sing a yellow little it and i'm like yeah totally and i don't know the lyrics What does yeah. sitting in with a band really mean like how like do you just get thrown up there immediately and you're just so every musicians are just so good that they just know immediately like give me the key and you're just fine
0: yeah, sometimes that's, like, and then sometimes you have a little bit more prep. Um, like one time Warren Haynes, I had opened up for him and his tour manager came into my dressing room and said, Hey, uh, Mr. Haynes really enjoyed your performance. He'd like for you to sit in. Do you know, I'd rather go blind by a James. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, by the, by the grace of God, I knew <laughs> that song, you know, and oh. so, I, but sometimes Sometimes you do just like, and Maggie Kerner and like, especially in the jam band community, like they almost want that. They want you to go up there and just wing it. And sometimes sometimes, some serious magic is created when you go up on stage and you just wing it. And you're like, I hope somebody was recording that. Cause I don't know what the fuck I just did. Like, I hope somebody was recording that. Somebody, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. by the way, Warren Haynes, uh, Allman Brothers band, you guys, government mule. Uh, so I mean like that, somebody that's huge in, in that community as well. Um, is there a, to Well, Olivia Rodrigo, one more thought before we get <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo, I keep talking about, in terms of like i saw it the first time but i saw it as alanis morissette like i remember when alanis morissette was around and it was like that first album you want to know hit so hard and she was so amazing and i'm not saying that olivia rodrigo is not amazing but i am saying i've seen this before and i watched um olivia rodrigo on saturday night live and it was such an accomplished performance for such a young person that i was really impressed but I, it is funny how music hits you at a certain time when I was like, well, when I was the age that I think Olivia Rodrigo is hitting a lot of people, they think it's amazing. But I remember when I was a kid thinking Alanis Morissette was amazing. Just like, holy shit, who is this person? So it's sometimes funny how music can be cyclical like that.
0: Jagged Little Pill though, is like, that's, it's that's a, that's a piece of art that will stand the test of time forever. Not
1: are you telling me? Uh, let <laughs> me sour is not going to stand the test of time.
0: I have nothing but respect. I think that it's amazing that she was able to write such a gorgeous album and like she's having this moment. But I, you know, maybe I, I just think I'm going to like her a little bit more if she's like, no, let me let me rephrase that. Um, I think. I would just appreciate her music more if she had like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Don't
1: yeah, really yeah, know yeah. No, no, no. It's just, it's something interesting that I keep thinking about. Cause I keep thinking of like, I've seen other artists hit really big all at once come out of nowhere, but yeah. yeah. Jagged little pill was such like, I remember like front. I I have that CD still and it is so scratched up, but I was oh. like, I won't throw this away because it really meant something to me when it came yeah. out. Um,
0: I stole my friend's big sister, Lindsay Hudson. I saw Lauren Hudson's big sister's album and I stole it like a little friggin' klepto because my parents wouldn't let me have it. And I was like, I'm just going to borrow this for a little bit. I'll bring it back. <laughs> like, right. But I wasn't allowed to have it. I had to have it, you know.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's what sometimes music, like where you'll be like, I need to own this vinyl. I will not be happy <laughs> until I own it. If, until it's in my room, it yeah. used to be like that with books. And now it's like that with like vinyl or like there's certain like, but even like DVDs where I'm like, I'm the fucking idiot. So with like a thousand DVDs, because I had to have, I had to have boogie nights, Blu-ray to get the special features or anyways. <laughs> um, I know you don't really, as you get older, it's, you don't hate or dislike, but I think disliking or, or, uh, disliking a housewife is crucial to yeah, no, loving have, the housewife. I you
0: do not so, like. I do not like Kenya. <laughs>
1: Kenya Moore.
0: Teen, and she's not fun to watch. Um, you don't
1: think Kenya Moore is fun to watch?
0: No, I actually really don't. I think she's a joy kill. Like we were given <laughs> the maybe the greatest episode
1: oh with uh bolo right
0: yeah, we were given maybe the greatest gift that bravo's ever given us and she the you know like
1: she tried to detective work it to like make she people-
0: ruined it she took the joy out of as the as a viewer as well like i wanted to relish in like how much fun that was and then kenya i don't she just is so miserable that she just makes other people miserable around her and like i don't know she's just I am very opinion about her.
1: But isn't that part of it though? Is like disliking a house well, like for it's, me it's Lisa Rinna. Like I dislike her so much, but I realize I'm not saying I want her off the show. Yeah, like I realize she has a purpose on the show. But you're yeah. saying Kenya doesn't even have a purpose on the show.
0: So like I don't like it. Like she doesn't really let you um I don't know. I don't I just I don't I don't like her. I don't, Who else? I don't like Shannon Bador. I'm yes. i I'm, I'm really glad that she's gone. Um I really Wait, wait, wait.
1: She's no way. You know she's not officially gone.
0: Oh, well, I guess that was just hopeful thinking.
1: <laughs> it's you know, she's not gone. I, yeah. Uh, what yeah, did you she- think of Shannon amador's daughters? Uh, they did dream catcher at a, uh, remember when they were doing, uh, the rock Actually, lessons,
0: my friend, Allie. So I have these two friends, Lauren and Allie, and we are in this, like, we, everything Bravo, we talk about together, you know, you have your Bravo people.
1: Yeah. You have your text, text thread, thread.
0: Yeah. And they're two of the funniest women I've ever met in my life. And, um, Allie and I were just, she's like catching up on, she's like, I want to watch the Shannon Bedore years. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Um, Ali said, I want to watch the Heather years on OC, the Heather Dubrow years. She misses Heather, as do I, as do a lot of us. So I hope that rumor is true that Heather and, and Tam are back. Well, I will say Tamara can be a bit mean to watch Like, it's hard to watch Tamara. She can be a bit mean, right?
1: Yeah, Tamrat. I don't like, and and Tamara, then you have to include her son, Ryan, and I have no patience. No, for
0: Ryan. He's
1: so, terrible. He's terrible. That's what I keep saying. Like the last season Ryan was on, you saw his hair literally not want to be around him. His hair was like jumping off his head. And, uh, but like. But but Heather, I would I would kill for. Like, I would want... And I, I didn't even love her on... I didn't love her as, like, she's, like, my kind of girl, but I loved her on the show.
0: I didn't appreciate her until recently. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't appreciate her when she... One was day you bad. woke up and you are
1: like, you know what? I really appreciate well, I got her. got <laughs> away. <laughs> what, then, uh, is there a franchise you hate? You're just like, don't mess with? Well,
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: Is there a franchise you don't mess with uh, at all? I
0: her until COVID, and then I was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching all of them now. Um, so I watched them all. I, I just i caught up on Jersey. I am obsessed with Dolores. Obsessed. Oh, I uh what's her name? Um the Jersey uh Jennifer Aiden? No, uh, Teresa? She, Jennifer Aiden. I did not like her and now I love her. Um it's amazing. It's funny
1: how it's like a virus.
0: A good a good season, a bad season can flip you real quick. It happened, it happened with Renna. It's happened with lots of people.
1: Yeah, I started off loving Renna. I really loved her her first season. And then second season, I was like, okay. And then third season, I was like, something's wrong with this lady. And then now I was just like, and especially we'll talk about tonight's episode because there was a classic Rena scene in here yes. where I loved, and almost like I loved Garcelle just for the fact that she, is putting the screws to Rena out yeah. like we were hoping she would. And it kind of gives Garcelle a purpose because I don't know if Garcelle has really been able to shine in the ways that I think a lot of people were expecting her to shine but just, in these scenes. She really
0: is. I think Garcelle has been shining since the moment she walked on to the show. Her scheduling last season was a little annoying, right? Yeah. She kept like filming
1: coming to America. And then I watched the movie. She has one line in the movie. I'm like, How her- she's
0: that's not always her control sometimes. You know, you know, yeah. that. you're No, now. I know. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just a Garcel stand. Like, I. Wait, do you do Vanderpump rules? I don't, I think, no, I did not watch that show.
1: Wait, I know. wait, you sound like that's the, do- no, I, will not, yeah, I
0: will not watch that show. I will <laughs> not
1: watch that show. So you're not a Summer House or a Vanderbump Rules? Oh, I'm
0: a big Summer House fan now because of Sam. If Sam tells me to watch, if Bravo's <laughs> princess watch it, I'm like, let's watch it. I'm about to start watching, uh, I know that's like, I have to talk about her all, the whole thing. I'm just obsessed. You and her are like my. Well, my, um, you
1: got to watch Vanderpump Rules then from the the first five seasons are like incredible.
0: Mm, you know, I know stassi I met you know, I I've, I've met her um I met her actually with her family. They were in, in town. New Orleans? No, in Shreveport. And then I I'm hung out with her another time. Anyway, I, I just never watched it cuz like she was apparently the villain and I was like I don't want to see her like that. And now I'm just like it's too it's, it's
1: too you actually
0: young people who want to act and it's so produced and Jax is one of the people who like I you could chase me. I would pay to not have to watch Jax. So, Wait,
1: but why though? If you haven't seen the show, how do you know? Because he's...
0: I have seen all of y'all's posts. <laughs> I have seen clips. Of- <laughs> See, Jax. I terrible. told you, if
1: you Jax, if you pay me twenty grand, I will stop. I will never post about <laughs> you ever again. Um, There's
0: some app that will erase him.
1: What did you think about this season with Hannah and Summerhouse?
0: Oh, uh, she was. She was really just.
1: In she was terrible, right?
0: Yeah, it's like it's the classic syndrome of you get we love you first season. What, but that was her third season, right?
1: Well, yeah, th- this past season was her third season.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's grown. First season, I was like, oh my God, I love her. I love her. So humble season. and salt yeah. of the earth and doesn't give a fuck. Uh, second season, it was still kind of there, but we were starting to see a little weirdness with Luke. And by this season, it was so contrived, like how she twisted. Don't you ever talk about my family. It was so <laughs> gross. It was so, it was so manipulative and I didn't like it. And I, you know who is a star to me is Danielle. Um,
1: uh, right. You know what? And I, that it shows you that I'm not always, I know it's shocking. I'm not always right. Cause I started this season going, well, at least Lindsay has somebody to talk to. And then each week she kept impressing me more wow. and more. And even by the reunion, I was like, look at her. Like, she's like going after, like, I, I really appreciated her. And I loved her concept on relationships, on work of always being like, well, I've always been knee deep in work, but I want to like, I want to see what a relationship is like because of how special this guy is. Like, I love things like that. I love when yeah. you sense a real person behind a reality show star.
0: Exactly. And that's like, I. it's always the housewives either that are bored, like, like Erica, like a problem we have with Erica, right? Is that like, she's not really letting us see anything from Beverly Hills. Like we, it's like the, as cold as her text message was. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what I was just going to say, is that the last uh, scene tonight, you guys, of course you've watched it, but if you haven't, it, the la- they left us with this. We knew they would have it be the final moment in the show, is that Kyle, Rinna, and uh, Dorit, or Dorit, as Garcelle says, picks up her phone, and there's a text message from, uh, from Erica Jane, and it just says, it's a very cold text message. It says, ladies, I truly consider you my close friends. And this is why I'm reaching out to tell you that I filed for a divorce this morning. Thank you for supporting me. This will be tough. At 9.15 a.m. on Election Day 2020. And that is such a cold message.
0: It's like, I don't know who wrote it, her PR or her her public, or her, uh, producer. Like, yeah. it, it's, she, I don't think she... I mean, it's just all contrived, Ryan. It's all... It's not real, you know? And that, I mean, I, that's why I'm obsessed with Kathy, is because she is like completely who she is and not trying to be anything other I, than.
1: I thought is. you were, I, Maggie, I thought you were Kyle. I thought you were Kyle, Maggie. <laughs>
0: No, 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 That's just like. She's like, no.
1: And, and by the way, Kathy, I got to tell you, I love that Kathy was used sparingly tonight. She didn't have the high highs of putting uh, eye drops in your uh, ear drops in your eyes like she did last week. But I kind of appreciated that because it's like you don't want to hit like. Kathy has had three amazing episodes in a row. She didn't have a bad episode. She was just used sparingly. And I love that. Let's not, let's not overuse Kathy. Right.
0: Like you know? if this was an episode of like Drag Race, which is like one of my also now like COVID obsessions, I watched them all. i watched them all. <laughs> uh, every, I'm every worried day.
1: that you don't get out of the house as much as I advise.
0: Like. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it's like you can't if you win every single episode, every challenge of every episode. Nobody loves that. That's not good TV. Yeah, yeah. You know, let them have a neutral week.
1: Do you remember that season? <laughs> do you remember that season with PK? Where one of the like things that I actually agree with PK when he was like tell he told Erica, "You're inherently cold. You're,
0: You're not, not just yeah. What was
1: I'm sorry. was don't no. What was it? You're not just." You you are not just cold. You're inherently cold.
0: I know. I know. I, it's you're not.
1: No, you're not just people. You are kind of screaming. Google
0: it because it's yeah. so
1: good. It really was amazing. And and as you go on further with the Erica Jane saga and especially this season, you realize how true it is because this whole what is it?
0: It's you're not deliberately cold. Yeah. You're inherently cold. I mean. That is a great
1: line. It really is a great line. And it potentially also gives you in the window how how people find PK potentially attractive. You know, like I'm saying, like if some people have like the gift of gab, you're like, well, that's a pretty, that's a pretty night. Like that'll give you a couple bonus points on the the good looking meter. Um, But Erica, especially, What I love watching these last couple of episodes for is because we know these moments are about to come, so you pick apart every moment with Erica on screen. Guys, I am pleased to announce that this... Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts, I got a pair of... Of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, If you listen to this podcast, you know... That I take mental health very seriously. It's something I realize that I have to work at on a daily basis. Now, that might be uh, going out and exercising. Uh, It might be starting your own podcast so you can talk out loud, or it might be seeing industry professionals. And that's what BetterHelp does. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours no it's not a crisis line it's not that it's not self-help it's a professional counseling done securely online um, now i have visited many therapists over the years and i have never tried one online until BetterHelp. and i have to tell you it's amazing i wish i had known about this years ago now there's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas in fact During uh, this past year, it has been so impossible to see somebody in person, Um, but their service, BetterHelp, is available for clients worldwide. You can log in to your account. Anytime you can send a message to your counselor and you will get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. If you don't want somebody seeing your face, if you're a little tired of the zoom, you can even just do phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You guys, I, when I used to have a job, I would leave my job for my break, rush over to my therapist, sit in the waiting room, (laughs) wait for my turn, go there, and then have to fight LA traffic all the way back to work. I don't have to do that any longer with BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed— And I love this part. Uh, I love this part. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is even available. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Guys, I'm telling you, I do this. This means something to me. I know it could mean something to you. Please give it a shot. So, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So that means you can get somebody at a moment's notice. That is so important. Our mental health is so important. And this is just this is a great part. Special offer for so bad it's good listeners. You guys can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S-O-B-A-D. The one last thing I'll say is just go visit the website. Just do that one small step. I'm telling you, you're going to like what you see. And I think you'll take the next step to join. And do you notice how like she's like eating more than she ever has in her life? Yeah. And she but she's also kind of bragging about it, like I'm a salt of the earth lady. I love to eat. And she's like kind of bragging. She's wearing her Terminator glasses, like sunglasses the whole time. She's and so nobody knows. Food.
0: She's always like defending that she's eating. It's weird. She's like, well, did you watch Renny? And then um Erica, <laughs> when she does eat, she like my friends and I like all we my my girl gang that um my Bravo girl gang. Yeah. yeah. We, we decided that Renna doesn't drink is because if Renna has one drink, she's wasted. Oh, you see, in the pool tonight, yeah. Seasons, right? We've seen out of control, loose lips, Rena because I don't think she eats that much. And I'm not saying she has an eating disorder. I mean, that would be really fucked <laughs> up of me to do, right? That's not cool. No, that's I'm not really cool. In today's yeah. yeah, no, no, no. But if I want to stay that body weight I have to probably eat a lot less calories, and then you get wasted off of one drink. So, Some,
1: somebody sent me a clip of last week's episode where Rinna was fake eating. Like they found a clip where she was like,
0: I mean, "That's just put, kind of sad, too, right?" Kind
1: of, very sad. But that's why I kind of like, um, almost now, Rina, Where I used to just not like to. I, I find it fascinating to watch her because it's like this person playing this kind of delicate balance of walking a high wire act. And like, she's like improving, trying, like the Garcelle conversation was chills tonight because they were all at this dinner table, you guys. And Garcelle calls her out and goes, well, I think that's kind of what you were doing with Denise. And Rinna is the, the utmost improv performer. She was like, you're right. Oh my God. You're so like Rinna will never say no. She'll say yes. And then she'll try to quickly think of a way to uh, correct the situation. And tonight I found a new way to get livid at Rinna because she literally goes, well, I might've had information that it is locked in a vault because I'm such a good friend that I will go to the grave with the secrets that Denise has told me. And I'm like, fuck you fuck you, that is such a lie. And it's such a low blow to Denise who cannot defend herself. She, even if she was in this season, she would not be able to defend herself. But Rinna literally painted this picture of you guys that Denise told her things that since she was such a good friend, she would not reveal on TV. But I'm like, oh, but you would do all the other shit
0: you did last season? Yeah, I don't believe any of that bullshit. And then Erica Jane
1: backed Rinna up on that conversation tonight.
0: Yeah, they're in some weird like blood pact against Denise. It was weird how they just like formed this weird like bond of hatred towards Denise last year. And And Teddy,
1: and Teddy, if you're listening right now, we're not gonna have you back, Teddy. I'm sorry. You can hang out with those ladies as much as you want on your off time, but we are not having you back. And that's that. And I know we're both on iHeartRadio now, Teddy. I know you're on my I know you are. You're not coming on this show either, Teddy. So do not even try it. Fox Force Four. We're kicking you out. Um, and, you
0: know why I don't like Teddy is the same reason I don't like Heather Thompson from New York. Is because they speak to you in this way that they and and Sonia, I think touched. No, no, Leah touched on it tonight. I know Leah's a, a tough. T- tough person to talk about with you
1: um, i'm having i'm having a moment with leah
0: i don't enjoy when people and i you know that's a character defect of mine that i've had to like try to remedy is like i don't like it when people talk to anybody like they're the fucking authority over everything right yeah i, I almost accepted it when bethany did it just because maybe she's right maybe she is right about everything right but um i don't know like i just yeah
1: wait it's so you, you brought up leah actually Uh, Before we get uh, further into Beverly Hills, though, I do want to talk about last night's New York
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: because it was an extremely frustrating episode for me to watch. And uh, for many reasons, but I'm not talking about the one reason that we all might think is that, oh, I hear a lot of people. Oh, I'm so sick and tired of these conversations about race and all of this stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm. Great with that. I, I actually think there was a really great conversation, and Ebony uh said some really amazing things that I actually was like, Oh, that's a such a great explanation of being triggered by the words angry woman, you know. Like I was like, That you, you couldn't have said that clearer. I'm angry about the shit that like I got really frustrated with how Luann and Ramona. You know it's like we we love these people. We put them on a pedestal cuz they're housewives, but then when you're in these conversations it kind of strips all their power away and you realize that they're just they're just like everybody else. They're just like that person that's down the street from you that says some wildly obnoxious things and you're like I wish this person would shut up and it kind of takes away their superhero housewife powers to me. Those conversations?
0: Yeah. It make it just makes them like, ugh, to me. And I know I mean, we
1: see that everywhere, but it's like with their housewives. Of course, I suspected that Luann did not uh, did not know critical race theory and all of this. Like, I, 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 of course, didn't think she was going to know all of this stuff. But to see, but to be so ego driven and not and vehemently opposed because she thought she was being attacked on class.
0: I mean, I have fortunately received an education from from my friends, my bandmates uh, living in New Orleans where black life is celebrated like no other. I've received an education that I did not receive in Shreveport. Right. So I've learned a lot of things and I'm grateful for that. But the thing that pisses me off watching Luann and Ramona in that moment in that moment with Ebony where she's so beautifully explains it like a therapist, an award-winning therapist could not have explained that better to them. They still are so unwilling to shut the fuck up and just listen and learn. (laughs) They're still just so, like you said, ego driven that they need to talk about how they were, how they felt and how they received it. And they, they they're owed an apology. And it's, I mean, it's everybody's mom or auntie, especially in the South. Like it is hard. It is hard. And yes, it does take people who you love and you put on this, pedestal and you're like oh my god they're so fabulous and that kind of brings them back down and makes you go Ugh. you know the <laughs> same thing happened to my relationship with like i said friends and family they're you know yeah. especially during the election so yeah.
1: um but, but, but you know what's so funny is that we're having deja vu with these shows because we have the same almost conversation between sutton and crystal uh last week in a way you have these same conversations and you realize holy shit this is a worldwide issue, like of course we've heard that, but now we're seeing it. And 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 I'm like, I'm grateful for seeing it, but then yeah. sometimes it's painful because it's hard then to then turn on a dime and laugh at something stupid, like um uh Sonia flirting with a fisherman on the ocean, you know. Like it's hard to like appreciate Sonia's love journey if I'm still kind of slack-jawed with how Luann took in a little piece of information, and on the other side of that as well, with Leah. You know, Leah thinks her shit doesn't stink. She thinks she's like, "Hey, I get it. I hang out with black people. I get it. I I get why this is stupid." But then we saw last night, Leah not even listening because Ebony comes up to her at the end and says, "Hey, Heather said, you know, she's worried about you not voting, and I got to tell you this uh, this election is very important to me because it's my basic human rights." And Leah doesn't hear her. She goes, "Heather was talking about me? I'm going to get that bitch right now." And like totally just zooms past ebony and by the way ebony should have maybe been aware and maybe ebony was aware what she was doing but ebony put a piece of information about herself in there that i thought was critically important yeah. and it went out leah's it went in one ear out the other and leah just made it about herself and like do not make my voting uh, anything to do with you yeah like, this is about ebony you know
0: I am, but you're speaking like an emotionally intelligent person like i am not maggie that. <laughs> That's yeah. like an emo- an emotionally intelligent response to Ebony coming to you with that. It's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, are you okay? And like not thinking about yourself. But somebody who's like very being very produced and who enjoys maybe all of the 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 love from Bra- the Bravo. Yes. here. Gas- I like, so oh, a way to fight? Well, here's yes. a motherfucking show. Like, I yeah. mean, I get it. Like, I have been Leah before and I have been a more emotionally intelligent response before. Um, Well, I I guess
1: we have to, I I mean, in a way, do you think we have to let our housewives grow? Do we have to let them, I mean, I hate using the word grace so much lately. Do we have to give people like Leah? Well, I love it, but I feel like we've overused it now, especially with Bravo. I keep hearing like, we have to give her grace. We have to give Ramona grace. And it just sometimes makes me think, then it makes the word like a parody almost. Um,
0: I I think that uh, at the end of the day, at least we have the Bravo celebrities to learn from. <laughs> Sometimes I see them acting in ways that I'm like, "Ooh, I've done yeah. that before, and I should not act like that. I should not react." You know? Yeah, totally. My I had an ex boyfriend once be like, we were in the middle of a fight, and I was just being so extra and dramatic. He's like, "You've been watching The Housewives today." <laughs>
1: Oh my god, that'd be amazing if you just see like a that's a great movie scene of just a girl using every housewife line in a fight. Yeah. Um so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I feel like we're in one of the uh really good season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills even though I am complaining about Lisa Rinna. Uh this episode is called Overexposed. Um and You know, last week we left off with uh, at the very end Sutton going to Crystal's bedroom because they had had all these conversations and she was going to bring Crystal a coat and she had been drinking with Kathy and Kyle and Kathy kind of egged her on a little bit. It was like, yeah, you you should go tell her. And so I thought we were going to have a to be continued where it picked up immediately at that scene and it didn't. So I, I was I thought I like did I miss something? Did you feel the same way?
0: I didn't hit me until the end where I was like, oh, that was weird editing. Like, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't catch it like you did. I didn't catch it till the end.
1: Um, so uh, what is your opinion of Sutton up to this point?
0: Um, I liked Sutton for the first three episodes. I didn't like her. What
1: I did you think of her last season?
0: I, I, I kind of indifferent, like interested, like, hmm, I kind of like her and Garcelle. That could be fun, right? Yeah. Um, but I was kind of indifferent, like she, she, uh, but uh, she. There's a (laughs) list of housewives that I think maybe drink a little too much. Yeah. And I think Sutton may be on that list. And I think we're seeing her going through something this season and she ain't right. Right. She ain't, she ain't.
1: Yeah. Did you notice also. And we saw that really pan out in this episode with her anxiety. But then like three quarters of the way through, like it's like almost her meds like finally kicked in. And she was like happy as a fucking clam for the last couple of scenes.
0: I think she had like that perfect amount of like
1: booze and whatever
0: her thing is. It's yeah. Like to me.
1: Cause she really like by the last dinner and then the next day she was like, let's have fun ladies. I'm so sorry. And she was said it perfectly at the dinner table. Exactly. I want to apologize, you know?
0: Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, no. that's exactly how I am before and after a, a joint, you know, <laughs> and I, that's what that looked like to me. Okay. Um, but I, I like Sutton. I just don't understand like why she is on the show. if We don't see her life. Like
1: in I terms of her kids and all that stuff,
0: her kids, her, I don't know. It's just, just I don't like it. Like with Erica, like I want to see the life. I want to see their home. I want to see their people. I want to see the the down to earth family moments, you know? And when like, you don't see any of that. And it's, it's so clearly staged and produced when you do see them, it's like, uh
1: no, you're you're totally right. I mean, especially with Erica Jane, is that if you go, if you guys go back and think of every Erica Jane scene you've ever seen, it is all very calculated. Even in the use of Tom, like Tom will come on and like, I'll tell you a story about when I met John Wayne as a kid, and everybody's like, Tom, we love your stories. It's all like a very like five minute thing, and then Erica will be like, Okay, Tom, we're gonna go have fun. Bye, ladies. Yeah. You yeah. know when
0: um when was it? erica and Garcel that wore the same suit or Rena and Gar- yes yeah when they just,
1: all came to erica, yeah, like this, they,
0: that dinner in particular i was like where is he going he's so entertaining they're, they're eating him up like i want to hear more stories where is he going you know? he's
1: going to hide money that's where he was going <laughs> uh, or oh, i i put a question uh, you. uh do you think Rina's lips are legendary as lisa no. says okay <laughs> that's what i was like i really feel this is an obvious answer but if lisa-
0: they were real like
1: I feel they're legendary in the sense that we made fun of her lips for her entire career because she got bad plastic surgery and she even admitted it. But now she's rewriting history and she's like a lip liner. That's an yeah. obvious product I should have sold 15 That's years ago.
0: Not so lame, but I will say she looked in fucking incredible in that leopard one piece swimsuit in the leopard duster. Like she really, she looked amazing. You got to give her that. No,
1: like- I don't have to give her that Maggie. Cause I was like, <laughs> I got to say, like, uh, I hate to say this and like, I'm, but I, I want to be honest to everybody. Like I have, I am so not attracted to Lisa. Like I, and I <laughs> like, not, not that I'll even ever have a chance with Lisa, but I'm just saying if I ever did have a chance with Lisa, I wouldn't take it. I would actively go against it. <laughs> I do not find her attractive in the least she already reminds me of like Carol Channing. You already see her as like an 80 year old woman cackling on a Broadway stage. I can already see the rest of her life. You know,
0: I think she's beautiful and she's got great style. I I don't (laughs) like a lot of the shit that comes out of her mouth though. Like at tonight at dinner, when, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but like tonight at dinner, when she brings up that really weird Comparison story, about yeah. You know, husband.
1: we're oh, we're gonna we're, we'll definitely get to it. But wait how oh. how much longer do you have? Because I know I've already overstayed my welcome. I have all
0: night. Okay, Where cool.
1: You're... Then let, let let I'm gonna dig in a little bit because I do want to get to that because it was one of the craziest things I've heard on the housewife show, and it was perfect because to it was me, so that's crazy.
0: Classic Rena. That's classic Rena.
1: And to me, those kind of scenes that so. Bit. I'll skip to it right now. So they're having this dinner and it was exactly what I was talking about with Garcelle sticking up for Denise. And Lisa all of a sudden tried to make it a performance. She's like, you know what? Let me tell you ladies something. <laughs> I was talking to Harry. I was talking to Harry and he was telling me this story about he had a best friend and he had a drink with his best friend and he had a good drink. And then he... He left and his friend went and raped somebody that night and they put him away. They put him in jail. And then all of Harry's friends said, we got to go visit him. We got to go show him love. We got to go do, you know, we got to show him that he supported. And Harry just couldn't do it. Harry couldn't do it. Harry said he could not do it. Couldn't do it. And then everybody was like, at, like Dorit's face was like, what? Like everybody's face was like, holy shit. Even, I, even Rinna was like, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. I, in my, And I was like, name names. Like, is it Harvey Weinstein? Like, I almost thought that I was like, this is not true at all. Harry does not even have, for, Harry goes on cam trips by himself. There's no way this is true. But Garcelle looks at it, looks at Rinna and goes, wait, so are you saying, are you saying that what, what what did she say? She said, "Let me Personal, find out.
0: What are you trying to say here, basically? Like, yeah. what is what is what is the point of that story? And then Rena is like, you know, I couldn't support Rena the way that you know, I I couldn't I couldn't I, I couldn't be a friend. I couldn't be her. Yeah, friend.
1: she made herself a folk hero in the sense yeah. that I couldn't I couldn't do it. Denise was a rapist. Denise, right now. And everybody literally like not going. And then Garcelle has a talking head of like, she should never share that story again with us or anybody. And it was like, and it was just one of those weird. And then like Sutton had just apologized to the group. Everybody was like, let's drink and have fun. And then this whole thing started and it was so crazy. And that to me is Rina of like saying the most extreme story when you don't have to do that at all to make your point, you know?
0: You know what I think it is? Here's what I think, because I am on all of the little websites, right? I'm on- Wait, all what are
1: the-, the little websites?
0: So there's a website called uh, Demois or something. Oh yeah,
1: Demois has been on the podcast a couple times, yeah.
0: And like Not Skinny. Not, not bad skinny Amanda, powder, yeah. Whatever. You know, I follow all of these people, right? And Demois had done some blind items and some posts. And I think Rena telling that story is her spinning- put controlling the story and the narrative and it's also a way for her to like look like some kind of victim who can't defend like Denise who in comparison to that story is a rape is is insane like it was so insane and it was contrived and gross and you could I could see right through it to me. Yeah. Honest. I mean
1: I feel like the whole audience can can see it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um so we We get to the 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 uh, the opening. They're still in this dang house, you guys. It's a beautiful house. And speaking of the Kardashians, I keep mentioning this. If you're watching this season of the Kardashians, it is the same house that the Kardashians are doing their final two episodes of their entire series in the same verbo house. So you see like tomorrow night's Kardashian episode or tonight's Kardashian episode if you're listening on Thursday is at the same place. And I almost kind of wished like all the housewives had left, left like secret notes for the Kardashians or like all of a sudden you see like, what is this horrible pair of like lip liner? It's like, Oh, Lisa Rinna left us a message, you know?
0: (laughs) I would be, I would definitely leave Kim Kardashian note for sure.
1: That's what I, I love. Um, to me, those are like festival houses. Like my friends always, not that insane, but like always, like Coachella or something. They would rent this like really big place, and like every like it was like a place that you'd never ever own or something. But you got invited to stay. That like it reminds me of like festival houses, and then everybody's just like happy, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's called the Sherman Estate. Uh, we start the episode; they're all just getting up. Uh, Garcelle comes out with coffee to Rinna. Um, you know, Crystal, how did you sleep? And she's like, I slept in two hour chunks. And I thought this is where we were going to like, find out what happened with Sutton the night before, how we ended the episode, but we don't. Um, Kathy gets up. Uh, well, we get a flashback of Kyle, Kathy and Sutton and Kathy and Kyle are laughing their asses off. And Kyle's like on the floor. And I really do love that sister vibe between Kyle and Kathy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially as somebody who doesn't have a sister, like I love watching that because <laughs> her relationship with with um oh god Kim
1: oh Kim Richards yeah her yeah relationship,
0: Kyle's relationship with Kim is not always fun to watch. No, right?
1: not at the, always. It's very sad sometimes. Yeah,
0: but this is very very entertaining.
1: And I want to know how much, like, that's why I kind of do want to see Kim. And I know people are like, no, no, we don't need Kim back. I just want to see what the style is when Kim's there. Because Kathy, yeah, because Kathy seems like such a presence, even when Kathy is not there. But I always thought of Kathy as a very scary figure. So to Mm -hmm. find out, like, watching her, like, kooky, drunk aunt vibe is really fun to watch, even if it's not potentially true. And I almost, like, I had this really weird fantasy where have you ever seen usual suspects mm,
0: i don't think so well it's
1: like this this murder mystery thing and kevin spacey um i know we don't like him anymore but he plays this guy that's like uh verbal kent and he has like a, a weird tick and he his his like walk is all fucked up and stuff and it turns out this was a movie 20 years ago guys so spoiler alert turns out he's the killer he's kaiser Sose, but you don't I remember- find out. That- <laughs> yeah you don't find out until the very end because he's walking walking out of the questioning and his his like posture becomes different and he starts walking normally and to me i'm like kathy hilton is kaiser kaiser Soze. what if kathy's playing the drunk aunt, and then you see her out of filming and she like busts out her cigarettes she's like smoking she you know she's like fuck you you know
0: i don't think so i think she's a lot like chris jenner and they are just like they they're 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 good you wait, know?
1: wait, Maggie, I gotta tell you, Maggie, you are so wrong. Chris Jenner is right behind you right now with a gun. <laughs> I, there's no, no Chris Kris Jenner. I'm sorry, there are but bo- Chris Jenner has killed people with her bare hands. Period.
0: No, no. How
1: do you think the Kardashian girls got to where they are, Maggie?
0: Not with dead bodies.
1: With- I'm telling no, Chris plays dumb, but she's one of the best business women, business men in all of the, the United States to get where that family has gotten has been on the back of Chris Jenner and Chris and Kim's Chris sex tape.
0: Did bodies. I think I do believe that like she is savage at what she will do to yeah. control a story or to elevate her, her daughter's careers or um, daughter. I just I feel know. we see I was gonna say son, but daughters, um, well, yeah,
1: not Rob Kardashian sock line, you know,
0: we, I don't, I don't. I think they're good people. I really do. Even, Chris. uh,
1: I mean, well, I'm not saying that you can't be evil and good at the same time, but I feel like Kris Jenner, uh, shows us a kookier side of herself than she actually is because I don't uh, believe she goes into meetings being kooky. I think she goes into meetings doing exactly what she wants, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so all the ladies are getting up and, and, and Crystal says, I didn't sleep well and they're all having breakfast, but they're going to go on a boat ride, uh, later. Um, but That's also
0: Lisa, going boat rides. Why? Uh,
1: there are so many activities when I'm like, you guys don't need to try so hard. Just sit there, just sit there. I'll watch an unedited conversation of you guys just looking out at the, the lake, you know, um, Rinna says that, uh, points out that Sutton Sutton means well, but she potentially has some emotional issues. And yeah, we all see that. Um, but anyways, they're like, uh, let's eat. They're all making plates. Erica's eating bacon. We've seen Erica now eat so much bacon on this trip. She's really like, I've seen her eat bacon now three episodes in a row, which is just, I've never seen that kind of record out of a housewife.
0: When I'm emotionally stressed, I eat donuts. So I get
1: it. <laughs> Wait, where in Austin is the best donut place?
0: I don't know. But in Shreveport, Louisiana, it's Southern Made.
1: Okay, That's the best that is the
0: best <laughs> one that I've ever had in my life.
1: Um, Rinda goes down to see Sutton because Sutton's the only one that didn't come out, and uh, you know, you know, Rinda just checks in on her. Kyle comes down too. We also noticed Kyle at this point has tape all over her nose job. Did you notice that she had like shiny tape? And I, I didn't notice it last episode,
0: yeah. I don't know what that was.
1: I think it's just keeping her nose job in place because remember, she just got her nose fixed a couple episodes
0: ago line this season
1: well she got she admittedly said she filmed the movie halloween
0: yeah
1: and i guess michael myers broke her nose and then
0: it's her nose job her storyline this year like no
1: I no no it already we're already supposed to the nose job is it's just shit that she keeps going oh i hope i don't hit my nose but i don't think it's her storyline at all
0: I just am wondering like what Kyle's doing other than have, recovering from a nose job, you know, like,
1: I think she just introduced us to Kathy. Like that's, I think that's all she needs to do at this point, you You're know, right. You're just right, get out of the way Kathy's and wear, wear, should... your, wear, wear your Mumford and son's hats and get out of the way. you know? <laughs> Um, you know, um, Sutton is doing something very iconic. I believe she has a, one of those face rollers. You guys, I don't know what, what do ladies call them? Um, rollers face rollers but it's like the rollers and she's like rubbing it up and down her face and she lets us know that her roller is her anxiety relief um, and Sutton goes, I'm a little angry. There was something going on at the table and there was just, you know, you guys were joking about me and my, my paranoia kicked in and she keeps rolling it harder. So she doesn't cry. And Rena goes, it's okay if you cry. And Rena says, I don't want anyone to feel like they're out on a limb. And, uh, Kyle's there as well. And Rena says, I'm telling her if you need to cry, cry. And Sutton says, you told me that I was looking crazy, Kyle. Cause Kyle last episode was go act like a woman right now do not be crazy did you remember that when kyle pulled her aside
0: and she said act like a
1: she was like she said something like i'm a grown woman and then kyle was like then act like one."
0: Oh yeah no i i kind of remember that <laughs> oh, on the couch when she was <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
1: last when she was like i just remember
0: her just being like you're being kind of ridiculous like calm down yeah um
1: kyle says well you were being irrational last night that you know and that's the truth and Sutton goes let me add a rational to the list of words you guys have called me and then she opens her phone and she reads this list of like crazy deranged like you know and there uh, she really kept a list you guys which i don't know if, if you ladies keep a list of anything people call you
0: i had what? one with an abusive ex-boyfriend but that's a sadder oh sadder. my god, oh Are my you? god. <laughs> oh, my god. Uh, oh
1: my god. Ryan adds sad music to the section. <laughs> um and Sutton, Sutton adds a rationale to the list. Um Rina in a talking head says, hey, if I had to do my own list of things, uh wanker, crazy, nut job, evil, see you next Tuesday, bitch, worst fucking friend on the planet. I'm sure there's more. And she's laughing maniacally through the whole thing.
0: <laughs> you and,
1: I really do. I'm sorry. I think it's all an act. I think it's a beautiful act. I think I, I appreciate an
0: actress. Like there's no, yeah. uh,
1: Maggie, if she was that good of an, if she was that good of an actor in her career (laughs) as she does on this show, she would never have needed the show.
0: She's not a good actress because she's sitting there at the dinner table, telling the story about her husband's friend raping somebody. And I don't believe a single thing she's saying. And there have been so many scenes before where I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're at like, Oh, you're so angry, like that's her acting. She's acting. That's not how.
1: That's not how. I wonder if Harry watches this at all. And Harry's like, Lisa, I don't even have friends. Like, why I don't? What are you talking about?
0: There was a blind item recently on on. The, yeah, on and skinny, not skinny, but not, not
1: skinny that bad. Yeah.
0: She also like reposted about. How it's like a well-known fact that in the small lake lake town community where they have their summer house, that like he has ladies that are not Lisa Rinna that um, he has relations with. By the way, <laughs> when you were doing your set accent, you sounded yeah. like Bill Clinton.
1: Hey, I did not do anything with that uh, one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. So. Gonna, well, by the way, oh, I can't tell that it was about. Anyways, um. I, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm friends with Monica Lewinsky. And like, so it it was, it's like a weird uh, uh, anyway. So Crystal and Garcelle come to a coffee shop in this next scene. They get two lattes. They're outdoor in the woods. And Garcelle says, you know, so what are you feeling? How do you feel? And she's like, I have mixed feelings. Sutton got set off again last night. And Garcelle was like, yeah, I heard you guys talking again. And Crystal's like, tell, um, tell what Kyle. Oh, so. Crystal is catching up Garcelle to everything and tells how Kyle was talking about Garcelle and hers lunch, where everything got worked out. And then so so we we're pretty much doing a flashback of the episode from uh, two weeks ago, where at the end of the episode, they had this conversation. And Crystal goes, I think she thought I was coming at her. Uh, She thinks we are all um, coming after her. And they're interspersing this with Rina doing yoga. And Kyle says, I think you have to apologize to Crystal. She's in that scene again with uh, Sutton. And Sutton goes, for what? For what? Uh, Crystal is just like, Sutton is just like set off by anything. And she thinks it's very much like Countess Luann in this week's episode. She thinks her shit doesn't stink, and she thinks she's above reproach, and she's not hearing the actual issue because she's personalizing it and her own experience, and she's thinking this is her story when it's about hearing somebody else's story. Do you think?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Crystal goes, "I don't need to apologize. Uh, I don't need an apology from anyone, and I don't have to be best friends with anyone." And Garcelle goes, "It has to come to a head at some point." And Crystal's like, "Wait, this isn't a head already." Um, and Garcello goes, just continue being you let's have a fun day. And I always love when they try to like have a serious conversation and then they end it with like, well, let's just have fun today. Let's just go have fun. It's like, never makes sense. Yeah. Um, they all go to meet in the lobby for a lobby of the house for the boat ride. Rena is in this ridiculous neon yellow hoodie that says Rena on the background, like a prize fighter.
0: <laughs> and it's, um, <laughs> I loved Dorit's outfit.
1: Dorit, (laughs) they all were like, they all kind of joke about Dorit, like what she's going to come out in. And she's like, oh, oh, maybe that was on the last day. But I love that they even give Dorit shit about what she wears. I love that.
0: Yeah, I do too. But no, yeah, what I'm referring to is like the head to toe in the pattern, the bucket hat, the jacket and like the cool pants.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. She looked like she was, well, she, it looked like she was trying to look like Billie Eilish.
0: Yeah. or like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it l- is all about the trend. Yeah. Whatever is the hot, cool, expensive designer trend, whatever. How,
1: I know this. I think I was like maybe a little stoned, but do you ever watch star Wars? Have you ever seen star Wars? No, I've never actually. Been. There's, oh, that's amazing. Well, there's a robot called C-3PO on it. And it's like this, hello, you know, it has like this weird kind of accent and it's like, beep, boop, bop, beep, boop. And Dorit to me sounds like C-3PO with her accent. Cause she's like, <laughs> hello, <laughs> yeah. Jagger, Jagger. I found this leaf in my bag and I love it. You did it for mommy. And she's like, speaks to this weird kind of British. It's like, it changes from season to season, it seems like.
0: Yeah, dude, you're, that is a good comparison. For <laughs> I,
1: now I, I feel like I, I really want you to watch star Wars. Um, They get on this boat, you guys, and they have this really weird uh, piece of conversation where Garcelle and Erica and Gar- are talking and Garcelle goes, did you talk to Tom today? And she goes, yeah, we spoke this morning. He's uh, he's at the law firm. He, that, that man's a work hard, a workhorse. And Garcelle goes, listen, it, it probably keeps everything going. And Erica goes, he's dedicated his life to being a lawyer. That is first and foremost in his life. And Garceau goes, hey, that's what people used to do. And and, and Erica goes, and God bless him for that because that's what he loves. Isn't that
0: yeah, eerie? It's just, it's either like contrived like most of Erica's scenes. I mean, yeah. I, I was betting, I would be like, she she asked Garcelle to ask how Tom how's Tom, you know. Well see,
1: that's what I almost think now. And I hate that I'm this paranoid, but I almost think they're like, Okay, let's film the uh let's film the clues to the tom clues to Tom in this scene. Like, or Erica pulled the producers aside, like, I'm about to reveal some information. Can we have somebody ask about Tom so I can act like I'm a good wife? And Hi. uh
0: I would imagine that the early, like the people that knew about this going down, this divorce, the, some of the first people in the team to know would be her PR and her public, and her, I'm sorry, and her um, producer for this show, right? Yeah. So, like, they're going to spin, spin, spin to be in her favor. So, yeah. Makes sense that they would come up with these contrived conversations, these spoon fed conversations. But if I'm completely wrong, then holy shit, like irony.
1: Well, I mean, even in the last week, they had this really weird piece of dialogue out of nowhere where Erica goes, I, I love fast food. I eat it every day during the pandemic. And then she goes, Tom ate Morton's every day for three months. And Morton's is one of the ex- most expensive steakhouses. And so I was like, what is going on? Like, I've never heard this much about Tom in these scenes before. And then I was like, expecting it this episode to be like, well, you know, at our house, I wipe my ass with regular toilet paper. Tom wipes his ass with a hundred dollar bills. Did you guys realize that? Like, I feel like she's setting up up things for like a potential case but i don't know if i'm just paranoid or not no you're not
0: paranoid.
1: <laughs> um so they they're they're having these conversations the other weird thing that happens on the boat is sutton is sitting over to the side and she looks like she's going to cry and erica's like she looks like she's about to cry and dory goes it puts my stomach into knots and it's not fun it's not very comfortable and Dorit says when someone when someone reacts that way, it puts me a little off guard. And uh, and Eric goes, what's going on, honey, to Sutton? And she goes, I'm asking if you're okay, Sutton. And uh, Kathy is sitting next. Kathy is like an undercover shitster. Kathy is sitting next to Sutton and goes, if someone asked me that question, I would cry. Like, do you realize like how Kathy's always kind of like poking the bear of like, well, this is what I would act batshit if that was said to me, you know?
0: I think she's only doing it with. Oh, I'm sorry, with um. With, with Sutton,
1: yeah. Like I feel like Kathy. It's like a. It's like an ultimate prank, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And by the way, ever since Kathy did that martini prank, I have wanted a martini so badly.
0: I'm a recovering alcoholic and I couldn't agree more. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so
1: sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Which housewives episode uh, brought you back to drink?
0: (laughs) I don't drink, but that doesn't mean I don't love to watch people drink.
1: (laughs) Um, Dorit says, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Erica, yeah. So they're having this conversation. Kathy goes, well, I'm going to go inside and Sutton, um, Sutton pulls crystal aside for another conversation and at this point i feel like i'm having deja vu because they've had so many conversations between sutton and crystal and you can even tell crystals over it she's like it's like playing a hit song again and again and she's like fuck this again they go upstairs and uh she's like hey i wanted to have this conversation with you crystal um she's like i was called ridiculous and that's hurtful because i don't like name calling and crystal goes okay yeah. And then Sutton goes, I feel that you have been very abrupt with me. And Crystal goes, okay. And she laughs. Yeah, that so is goes, so rude. Well, I got to say, I get, I, I am very much getting what Crystal is saying. But I do think there is, a, there is a part of this where Crystal is being rude in a way. But I guess maybe if you keep getting asked these things, you will get to a point of being rude. I don't know. Or maybe... By the way, just yeah. because Crystal's in the right doesn't mean that Crystal might not be a rude person. <laughs> like, Crystal might be a rude person. We don't know. There's a reason Crystal's on this show, and it's there's got to be other reasons than just because of her ethnicity. It's because she's got a housewife in her, like all of these other ladies. You know what I'm saying?
0: That scene with her and her family, I was like, flo- I was like, show me more, like, I <laughs> loved it, right? Yes, like, I loved it. But I will say, in regards to Sutton. She has been a class, a mean girl, like fuck. She's been an asshole. And I get that Sutton is, is rude. Yes. I mean, and again, this is what, this is what we want. Ultimately, we want an asshole on our screen. A mean girl, a villain, if you will. But she has, she's been mean. And that, that whole interaction was just like, Jesus Christ. She's so cold. You know, you
1: watch real housewives of Dallas, right?
0: Uh, yes, because so Tip-
1: Tiffany moon is the same way though. I feel like she, she's saying like, I mean, Tiffany watching her interact with certain things. I'm like, there is some real crazy in Tiffany moon that I don't think has, we, we have not gotten to see because she's so busy having to like handhold brandy and shit like that, where I'm like, it almost takes away from the craziness that these ladies can have themselves because they're having to pause their actual lives to help people understand their ethnicities and race.
0: Yeah, I I disagree though that Tiffany Moon if she had been sitting there talking to Sutton and Sutton had been speaking to her. I you know, we saw Tiffany Moon have compassion and be like, That's "Oh true. my god, I'm so sorry. I would never." Okay. Yeah. Do that. You know what I mean? Like No, you're
1: you're you're right. Yeah. No, I, I
0: you know, the explaining their ethnicity part like I, I feel like during that the conversation with Crystal, Sutton was completely in the wrong when they were discussing discussing racism and she, and Son's like, I don't even want to discuss this. And and Crystal's like, oh, you have the privilege of not wanting to discuss this. Crystal's one hundred percent right in that conversation. And when she was saying, "Oh, are you that girl? You are that girl," like, I still agree with Crystal on that part. But yeah, she got mean in that one to um in the one on ones that they, they they had two one on ones, right? Yeah, Again, well, I think three at this ridiculous. point. It was very yeah. but the the last two, she, especially that last one, she was just. Cold cold, cold as ice. And you could tell she was disengaging in like some, I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) I am disengaging. (laughs) Um,
1: But by the way, I do think if if Meredith disengages more than two times this season, she should be fined $5,000 for every time she disengages because the show is about engaging and you can only do that twice. And then I feel like it's the NFL. You should get fined.
0: I, I agree. I really, I think that's a great rule.
1: Thank you. What if we start finding housewives for shit? <laughs> like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, So they have this conversation, you guys, but you're right. There is an, an inherent coldness, uh, like Erica Jane, with Crystal. And she is kind of laugh. She's laughing at Sutton. And Sutton, that is the one thing. It's Sutton's Achilles heel. It's, don't make fun of me. You're laughing at me, you know? It's, it's very... Um, uh, and Sutton always seems like she's Jenny from Forrest Gump of like, make me a bird so I can fly
0: far, far away. You know, um, it's like it, she got bullied. Like I can relate to. Like I got bullied hard in middle school. It's like she's got some like, some stuff she needs to work out. Some project. She's projecting a lot. You oh, she' acted ridiculous about the uh-huh. martini prank.
1: Every time this happens, I always feel like we're about to hit a flashback where we see Sutton in fifth grade. Right. You know, where it's like she gets kicked, you know, and like, you know, don't, don't kick me. Yeah. Um, So they have this conversation and Crystal goes, fine. Okay, let's, we're good. Let's go. And Crystal goes, Crystal ends the conversation, goes, okay, I get it. Let's go back down and have a good time. We're, we're, we're good now. And, um, but Crystal does say, you have shown me nothing, but that you're an untrustworthy person. I don't trust being around you or your reactions. It feels a bit manic uh, and in a talking head, she goes. She's erratic, unbalanced, and unreasonably emotional. And then she goes, "You're crazy." And Sutton goes, "Don't call me crazy. That's not nice to do." And she and and by the way, that is just a really intense thing to tell anybody.
0: Crystal is name is a name caller.
1: Yeah, she I mean, does.
0: but and I but it's not nice. But
1: but but I want to see if that's because Sutton's pushed her to the brink, or if that's how Crystal is on a day to day basis.
0: What a weird word choose, untrustworthy. Yeah. You know, like unpredictable, yes. Untrustworthy.
1: Yeah, I don't get what trust transfer there would have been between these ladies where she, I, I think maybe she's referring to the kick in the, the van of like the prank, oh.
0: maybe? Maybe she's referring to Sutton catching her naked in her room.
1: Oh, that oh yeah, so this is about to come I up in the next scene.
0: I know she didn't bring it up then when she should have,
1: and that's why it was so bizarre when actually she, she does so bring it up.
0: Bizarre, but maybe she was to ref- like untrustworthy is in reference to
1: her coming in. That weird no
0: moment. Way. I don't yeah. know. I also like to be a detective.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that's, I think that's what's uh, an amazing part of the show, these shows. And that also, I had the uh, Bravo Bone Collector on the podcast this week who had deep dived and did a lot of detective work on Erica Jane's finances. And I love those Bravo accounts that go that hard, that go that deep, and they actually get facts to back it up. Because I'll sit here and make fart jokes all day long, but these people go into court records and find actual proof where I'll just like kind of uh, hypothesize what I think A fantasy would be you know
0: well a lot of us are women who have been cheated on (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i
1: mean that's i mean obviously that i i I keep hearing that again and again
0: yeah i think the bravo universe like the fans i think we all are kind of cut from the same cloth in some sense we probably all really like watching serial killer documentaries or cult leader documentaries or scientology things
1: did you watch the vow
0: I haven't yet. Oh my
1: God. It's like a great cult. You would be totally, like, I love that this, uh, the pandemic really got me into cults. And then I got so snotty where I was like, I don't like that cult. Like I didn't like the Heaven's Gate documentary as much as I wanted to. And then I felt like, how bizarre is that, that I live in a world where I can judge cults if they're entertaining or not.
0: Yeah. I've been like a, um, a Leah Remini. Her tel- Leah
1: Remini Scientology. Yeah.
0: I've been a stan on that for freaking years like years oh and- i
1: know everything about scientology yeah. like yes. a going clear that was a great book like so many great scientology documentaries
0: um i also really loved cult wise i loved wild wild country
1: oh that was so that was about the where they wore the outfits it, Maybe. Rush niche, Yeah. It was Netflix. It was I wore
0: awesome. burnt orange and burgundy in like in, in mango color for like a year. I oh, it like
1: inspired that. you fashion wise.
0: Oh, I, yeah. <laughs>
1: I think it is exciting about a cult where you don't have to worry about fashion. You're just like, they tell us what to wear. I like that aspect of cults. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so they, they get back to the house, um, and they're all, uh, getting ready for dinner. Um, and there's a, a, a we find out that also this this thing is put forth that Sutton thinks she's reacting this way because of her emotional ties to the house that she just moved out of. And I I didn't know if this was a reach or if this is what rich people worry about.
0: No I, I think moving is actually like one of the top like divorce, death, moving, having a baby, like the most stressful things that you can go through. Uh, So I think it's legit, but I think there's also some other things in there.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I hope so. You know, but Christ- <laughs> Crystal says moving out of your home is not an excuse to act like a crazy person. She says that in a talking head. I always wish there would be like a camera on the housewives when they watch the episode for the first time, because yeah, wouldn't you love to see Sutton's face when she hears moving out of your home is not an excuse to act like a crazy person. Like you could just see Sutton's face, like lint rolling her face oh, okay. again, you know?
0: It's so mean. Like Crystal's kind of mean. I I like her, but she's, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to, wouldn't want to hang out with her.
1: No. Um, they all get back to the house. Cookies are being made and donuts. They're like, Oh my God, cookies and donuts. And then they flash to the chef. The chef literally has no facial reaction at all. Not like a, I did good just like slaving away at the stove with no facial reaction to the point where I was like, is that a robot? Like who is, is that an actual chef or a robot? Kyle goes, holy macaroni, when she sees the donuts.
0: Yeah, that was a funny scene.
1: Um, And I do, like, I love, and I also love the scene where we're about to, after dinner, where they all have fun in the pool and games. I like when they're silly like that, you know? Um, So uh, they're having dinner, Rena is like put like uh, pouring herself a vodka. She's being already very loud. Sutton is wearing her two thousand dollar animal slippers from last week. Uh, Kyle is zipping Sutton into her oh three thousand dollars.
0: I think they were three, right? I Uh, remember thinking it. Oh,
1: so they're not affordable, like when I said two.
0: Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, Erica Jane comes out and she uh, she's wearing an outfit that the jeans are not buttoned, but that's part of the look.
0: That was ridiculous. Like that, that's
1: ridiculous. I was like, holy shit. So all this time I've actually had a look when I've unbuttoned my jeans when I'm too full.
0: Her assistant Joey did her wrong on
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of those things where I'm like, Erica's really had a no glam house trip. Like these, all these ladies have. So it is weird. Um, and also, Garcelle posted a picture on Instagram today, where it is the first unedited photo that I've ever seen of all the housewives together. She posted this around Christmas time as well, and I remember like being blown away because I was like, "Did Garcelle sneak this photo?" Like, look at Garcelle's Instagram right now. I'm on it. It's at the Tahoe place, and it's all the ladies outside. Erica Jane looks like in her Terminator glasses. Like, it all looks exactly like them, and not an edit in sight.
0: <gasps> I yeah. love that. Isn't it
1: great? It looks awesome. It looks awesome.
0: It does look awesome. That makes me happy. Yeah. Um,
1: wow. This is the, this is the part of the conversation where Garcel goes. Garcelle goes. Hey, how many people have had their nose done in here? And no one says. Like it's like you can hear a pin drop. And Erica goes. I had my nose done at forty one. And uh, Rena says she's never had her nose done. Kyle, of course, has hers. And Kyle goes. Dorit, I've I've seen Dorit. She's done a lot of contouring, but most people think she's done something. That's such an easy way out, Kyle. Most people think she's done something, and Kyle goes, "I've had a little something done." I love
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Oh my god! When Kathy goes, I got a little something.
1: Done. I she looked, <laughs> I was like, she literally looks like she has Michael Jackson's nose on her. Uh, and but I I love people that have a good sense of humor about like if you're gonna pay for something, be either damn well proud of it or say you screwed it up. You know.
0: And like, I do kind of feel like there's a responsibility to the younger generation to be like, yo, this is not attainable without syringes or without a surgeon. Yeah. Because like, you know, we look at that. There's certain Instagrams that I follow where like uh, social media versus reality, where it shows you what these people actually look like. Like that unedited photo I just saw on Garcelle's Instagram versus the photoshopped photos that we think is normal. Uh, you yeah. know, I recently did my first photo shoot with like a big company. I did it with Fry, the boot company.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I saw your ad for that. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And they sent me the photos and I was like, Oh God, COVID weight gain. Wow. And then they're like, no, we can Photoshop that. And I'm like, there's nothing they can do to help that. Oh no. Like, they made me skinnier than I was before COVID, right? People think
1: I have an eating disorder now. Nothing is
0: real. And my friend Allie, my Bravo friend, she's like, oh yeah, she works in fashion. She's like, nothing, nothing is real.
1: Oh no. I mean, and that's why like, I don't, yeah, no, I I don't ever want to, a couple of people have tried to like meet me in person and I'm like, I don't want to meet anybody in person. Like I don't, I would be so self-conscious of meeting somebody. Like I just think I would, I, I just don't, just not something like i'd rather just be a disembodied voice you know <laughs> um so anyways they're they're having this conversation about plastic surgery i think it uh uh is great and then sutton says um we we find out this point that crystal is not going to come to uh to dinner because she had texted kyle that she just all of a sudden things hit her and she just doesn't feel well and she's not going to go which by the way is exactly kind of a very similar situation to real house was in New York this week when Ebony was like, I'm, I'm kind of a little triggered. I'm just going to have some comfort food and I'll be in my bedroom. And she didn't join in on Ramona's reindeer games, you know? And I thought that was very interesting, but I didn't know at that point what crystal was referring to. And I kind of like in my head, I was like, well, that's a little shitty. Like she told Sutton, everything was okay. And now she's going to like not come. And now Sutton's going to be self-conscious again, you know?
0: The whole thing is hinky. It's all off to me. I don't understand a yeah.
1: lot. There is this huge conversation that they're all laughing at. So when Rinna says this, it is kind of thing where every one of the ladies kind of stops and like looks around and it just really does bring the mood down. But also it's weirdly, it's weird because Rinna is doing this all to make herself look like some kind of folk hero. Did,
0: did you notice Kyle's face when she started telling the story? Oh, a
1: hundred percent. Hundred wow, like, percent. Oh,
0: this bullshit! Like it was almost. Yeah. Like, oh, is she really gonna do this? Like.
1: Um, but like this blind loyalty idea gets brought up and blindly supporting somebody, and uh, you know what Rina is talking about. I do sometimes know what it means. Like you have to blindly support friends. I get the concept of that, but the Denise situation from last season, I would never put in the category of that.
0: It was such an honestly. It was like it was such an inappropriate comparison.
1: What somebody does sexually in a not like literally has nothing to do with blind loyalty at all.
0: No. And I don't know. Like I said, I think it's Renna just trying to control uh, and spin a story about her husband that may be about to come out and our light is about, you know, shed light.
1: So yeah.
0: I think it's, it's, I think it's contrived bullshit.
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, Erica sticks up for Rina goes and goes I think Rina had info no one else had. And I was like, Erica, can't just like focus on not going to jail. Like this is like ridiculous. Um and Garcelle goes I I, I thought this was so amazing. And I meant to make a meme of it earlier. She goes, "Sometimes it's okay to say nothing."
0: Oh, yeah. It's We've such
1: been- a great line.
0: It is uh actually I learned that in in AA of all places, but it is like some of the best advice I've ever been given. We think then we have to say something, or we think that we have to react. Build the space. Best thing is to just step away and do nothing. that's like some of the best advice I've ever been given.
1: It almost would have taken. Like, I mean, I feel like what Rina's kooky story, in a way, shined more of a spotlight on Rina than it even had at the beginning of this conversation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, anyways, they they have, they have this conversation, and Garcelle, uh Rina says, Garcelle, I get it. I was trying to reach her and I didn't do it the right way. And Garcelle says, well, we can agree on that. And Rina goes, I did the wrong thing. I wanted Denise to be transparent, which is, by the way, if you say I did the wrong thing, you don't then follow it up with, I wanted her to be transparent and make an excuse for yourself. Um, And Garcelle says, you should have just washed your hands of it. And Rina goes, that is what I should have done. Rina will agree to with everybody. She'll just agree blindly and then try to back it up and make herself look good. Um, So uh, this is another weird part. They they're after dinner. Erica Jane is talking to Garcelle and Erica Jane says, you look thin Garcelle. And uh, she's like, Oh no, thank you so much. I'm working. And Erica goes, it's all smoke and mirrors, isn't it? It's all smoke and mirrors. All all we present and stuff. It's like this weird thing, knowing what we're about to like, we kind of read into this line she says, nothing is what it seems in life. You don't know everything about anyone in life. That's the truth. She says that in a talking head.
0: I mean, it is not only the truth, but like the the timing of that. And then like the next, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: So basically, uh, Rinna is screaming now in the pool, Erica, Sutton, Garcelle, come in. And, uh. I kind of was like, Garcelle, go in and drown Rena right now. And she's like, come on, you pussies, get in here. And Sutton's like, I'll, I'll go get my bathing suit. And Dorit's like, Sutton is coming in, Rena. Sutton will come in, leave us alone. And Rena goes, Sutton's coming. Kathy Hilton, you can tell, is annoyed. And Garcelle says, um, hey, Rena, can I make a point? This is when you go, okay. And it was so beautiful. So beautiful
0: i am going to take that and apply it (laughs) to so much of my life now
1: (laughs) no but i thought i thought garcelle nailed it just nailed it
0: nailed it i mean the whole episode really garcelle was the the star if kathy was the star of the other ones garcelle was really the star of tonight
1: yeah i i agree i really i thought she really got to shine in some really cool ways Um, they're all sitting by the fire now. And Kathy's like, Doogie, Doogie, don't, don't relax too much Doogie. Cause remember she calls, uh, Kyle Doogie and, uh, she goes, Doogie, don't relax too much. Kyle was completely naked, like a centerfold last night, which I, it's such a sisterly comment of like, my sister was just nude around me. And they're like, would you ever do a nude photo shoot for Mauricio? And she goes, I did once, but it was covered. Um, and Rena says, goodnight. night, 10 50 PM, Erica Jane goes to bed. And at that moment, crystal comes out all of a sudden. And she was like, I was more overwhelmed than I thought. I just wanted to come out to say good night. And, uh, they're like, where have you been? And, and crystal tells Kyle that last night when she went to bed at 1130, she was naked. And Sutton, this is when we saw it last episode, Sutton came in to return a jacket at the end of the episode. And she goes, Sutton opened the door. She was startled naked and dropped to the ground and hid her body. And she goes, Sutton says, I didn't know what you were doing in here, but I was just returning this. And Kyle goes, you didn't come to dinner because of that? And Kyle goes, Well, when you spoke on the boat with Sutton, you didn't even mention this. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle on a talking head goes, If it was so upsetting, why didn't she talk to us at all about it? And Crystal goes, I just remembered it. I didn't. And then when I just remembered it, I didn't want to trigger Sutton again by coming to the dinner.
0: I think that's what she meant it's all I, it's all like a cover up for like the real fucking root you know what i mean i don't know i mean but it
1: was for somebody crystal who has like made her whole foundation on this show to be somebody that speaks the truth will like give it to you straight and just tell you what's what supposedly all of a sudden this situation that we like i don't know like i don't i mean i don't want to misspeak and like this is like a trump like, i i I don't want to misspeak about traumatic events, but it is weird that we're just hearing about this now when they had this whole conversation on the boat.
0: Well, I, I mean, I just, I think. I I don't, I think (laughs) it feels to me as if crystal. She is projecting. She is reacting based upon something that may be. Is in her past, and I want to be sensitive oh, as well. Yes, because, yeah, I'm. I am a survivor as well, and like I don't want to be inappropriate, but it just that seemed very str- a strange reaction, a very delayed reaction, which would make sense if it, if um, something Sutton did maybe triggered Crystal, and it freaked her out and it scared her, and she dropped to the ground. I don't know. It's just something doesn't add up and the 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 reason i say it's like all a bunch of bullshit like covering up like the the root root. yeah yeah like i think that's what's going on here because like i don't i I, this is crystal's first season like let's not forget she doesn't know all the rules yet yeah she doesn't know how to really do this game
1: no, I, com- uh. I I I completely agree, and I I think that's an interesting point. Where I think maybe we might even hear a little bit more about Crystal's reaction in other episodes, potentially. Yeah. I
0: think if I, I if I was betting woman, that's where I would say this was heading. Because and I, and I don't know if have have that has that been really covered on any franchises before.
1: I don't think it has. I don't know. I mean, I, I actually would find that very interesting if it was covered and I would almost, because right now how it's presented is very just weird and almost, we have painted P- Sutton to be this crazy person and yeah. then all of a sudden, Crystal out of nowhere, who's been like, you might not have agreed with how she said uh, Sutton was crazy, but she's kind of been rock solid in her convictions yeah. and all of a sudden, she now remembers something which was tragic to her, but crystal second to last scene sutton comes into crystal's room and by the way sutton now is on like cloud nine like i said earlier whatever she's on she is happy and she's like i just wanted in on a good note because you you didn't come uh to dinner and I, I didn't do a good job including you in the group and i should have done better and i just i think we're going to be great friends and and she brings this up you guys she brings it up and sutton's like you know, you didn't say anything to me. I, I felt, you know, and she's like, I felt my boundaries were crossed, Sutton, and my space was violated. It was weird. She goes, it was weird. It was so creepy and weird. And to me, I hear that I'm like, fuck, Sutton's about to lose her shit because that is just not a word that Sutton likes. She's like, well, I didn't mean to be creepy and weird. And yeah.
0: that, Sutton, she was, was feeling good.
1: <laughs> and Sutton, Sutton in the talking head goes. There is nothing creepy and weird. If someone is knocking, I knocked, I did not enter. I knocked Uh, unless you were raised in a prison. You know, what is creepy and weird about returning a coat? But what I'm saying, this is where Sutton's ego gets involved and Sutton will not be called creepy or weird, you know, and, but Sutton handles it beautifully, you guys. In the scene, she goes, it's a big deal. You're crying. I'm trying to make this situation better. Crystal goes, I'm not a crier. Sutton goes, you can cry around me all you want. And Sutton goes, hey, I'm a pretty good friend. You might you might even get flowers tomorrow. And so, which was just bizarre. Sutton all of a sudden knows how to handle everything. And anyways, they're all packing up. Everybody's leaving. Uh, they go around the room. And then all of a sudden, the last scene, we see this thing go up four days later. Mm -hmm. And Los Angeles, you see a a guy mowing a lawn on a mansion. And then we all of a sudden get Hoda Kotb and and, uh, the the NBC News anchors. And they're like, it's Tuesday election morning, 2020. A lot of you have already voted out there. Uh, Stay tuned to NBC. Uh, No matter who wins, let's embrace it. And then, which is just such a weird backdrop, the election, right? Like weird.
0: Well, I remember that day. Very distinctly as you <laughs> do too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I do remember, I do declare, I do remember at you know 10 a.m. My friends and I were already, my my Bravo crew is also my political crew. Um, and we're on this group chat and like one of us sent put it in the group chat and I was like, What good PR. <laughs> to announce this on a day where it will be overshadowed within 30 minutes.
1: Well, it's like announcing on a a Friday afternoon, which is usually the other time to announce uh, horrible events is Friday afternoons. But the, the the election is perfect because we were such in that K hole of the election that I'm trying to even remember. Like, I, I just remember laying on a couch. Like I remember just laid out and I was trying not to even watch the news. Um, But yeah, so we get that backdrop and all of a sudden, and this is why I always find it so silly, just as somebody that has worked in TV and film, is that you guys, the you're on a reality show. It's not like they just have a camera crew with them 24 hours a day. These things are scheduled. Like how it works is there's shoot days. I hate to break this to everybody, but there are shoot days. So all of a sudden, it's not like there was just a camera crew there to pick up Kyle's reaction. This was a scheduled shoot. So you have three supposed camera crews, even though I think it was probably... Uh, the same guy at each one of their houses. And he's like, okay, pick up the phone now. <laughs> read that text. Give me that reaction. So we at Kyle first, Kyle picks it up and she's like, what? Like yeah, a big reaction.
0: Yeah, and
1: then uh Dorit, we get the same thing. What? And like Rina, I thought like she was going to explode. And then they all FaceTime each other. So it's just those three ladies, Kyle, Rina, and Dorit. And we get that text, which I'll just read it one more time for you guys. Erica Girardi, 9.15 a.m. Ladies, I truly consider you my close friends. And this is why I'm reaching out to tell you that I filed for divorce this morning. Thank you for supporting me. This will be tough. Period. And then she included a Venmo link. No, um, uh, no, but that was it. And that is, and then Rin is like, well, 22 years. I mean, that's, that's how Erica had to do it. Erica had it. Cause they're like, we were just on a trip with her. Well, that's how Erica had to do it. Erica just had to do it that way. And then it just ends and we don't have a preview for next week.
0: So do you know when, um, when Kyle was like, Erica, you don't have real friends. And then Erica got really upset about that last I think it was last season, right? Yeah. That was the dinner that Tom should have stayed around, but he like jetted out real quick. Um I mean, how is it wrong? Like I don't really think that Erica has like deep friendships with people, which makes me think that she may be a narcissist.
1: Oh, do you think? <laughs> 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 Uh-oh, we we got it. No, I mean like yes, she totally is. Somebody that that is when you go from somebody that has lived the life that Erica Jane has, and we've been like, we were privy to a lot of how she's grown up. And remember she met Tom as a waitress Mm -hmm. at a restaurant that he frequented and look at her. Yeah. Look at her life. Now, look at her life. Now, that is a huge from where humble beginning she started. And she was even cold back then. She said, when she was raised, we've seen her relationship with her mom Mm -hmm. to now, that teaches you a certain level of coldness of, of, of uh, moving through the world in a way where you can only trust yourself. And when you have a marriage like that, it's not like, I always say this about celebrities. I always think like, you know, those high school relationships or even the relationships when you have a lot of time where you're just glued to each other and you're like, you, you know, you binge everything together, you go, you know, you're just like where you're fricking frack with that, you know, but when you get older in life and like more things happen, it's like, you don't get, I mean, you potentially don't get to have those relationships anymore where you're by each other's side 24 seven. And you see that, especially with celebrities. Like, so they like schedule these romantic getaways or you're seeing Ben Affleck go sneak to Miami to see JLo. And, you know, they're not together 24 hours a day and that's the relationship. So it's a different kind of love than the love that I remember when you, that person was just omnipresent all the time.
0: So my next single plug uh is no, called please. it's called love drug and it is about that about how it's like love it's like being hooked on drugs it's like you can't get enough of that person like it's usually it's high highs and low lows and they usually don't last there's full of passion but you sizzle out because you like you well I hate I hate
1: the, that's one of the horrible things about growing up is that you have this history then in relationships that you bring into this next relationship and then you start second guessing relationships or you're like oh this is like that or this is like this so you're never you're you're coming to this relationship with like seven other relationships in your back pocket and so this other person that you're coming to is probably not clean either in the sense of their relationships you're coming with like 16 relationships between you so sometimes it's so hard to like scrape away all the bullshit to get, actually get to the same two people before or all of their relationships and like what actually makes you attracted to that other person you know
0: well that's why you're supposed to like in my opinion you're supposed to like take the time and space between relationships to do the work <laughs> the work um, <laughs> to do the work so that you don't keep carrying that bullshit to you know and hurting yeah. or you know whatever it is um but yeah anyway.
1: Well, no, I, in just terms of Erica and Tom is that that's why I find it interesting, even in how she like, to me, that might've been a very emotional message coming from Erica Jane, but to us, it feels like a robot to us. It feels like, well, we're almost thinking, well, did the PR write that for her? Cause it seems so cold. It seems so not the text that you send to your girlfriends or your guy friends. Like I've gone through, a, you know, I've gone through a divorce and I, it sure as hell wasn't messages like that. Like it's sure, like, I mean, there were misspellings. There were like exclamation points. I mean, there, you know, uh, no emojis, but there was definitely a lot more than what Erica Jane's message was. And that's why I am really fascinated. And Andy on Watch What Happens Live uh, two nights ago, uh, after Real Houses was in New York, said, We are going to be very surprised with how much Erica Jane shares. And I still don't buy it. And Andy will say Real Houses of Orange County last season was amazing. He'll lie to us again and again. But I, I mean, but a part of me is like, do you think, wouldn't it be amazing or chilling at this point? Do you think we'll ever see Tom this season a flash? No, no right? No way.
0: Probably not. No. I, I don't know. think so.
1: Well, that was the episode, guys. I took so much of Maggie's time off. This was a full Maggie Kerner concert, and I hope you enjoyed it because- <laughs> Uh, No, she is amazing. I really want to tell you, I, uh, you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, you know how much I love music. I used to do a a segment over the pandemic called So Sad It's Good, where I would play an insanely sad song at the end, because I think sometimes that's like my best, like there is something very uh, show or performative where I think music where you'll put the music on that makes you cry just to feel something. And so I would play those songs at the end. Um, but I, I love music and I respect it so much. And and I think you are so talented and I want everybody to go check you. And I know we're small, but but mighty out there, you guys, but please go check it out. I think you're going to be insanely surprised at her talent. And if she's on the road, where, where can we, are you going to just, are you doing some kind of tour? What are you, what what's going on?
0: Slowly but surely booking shows up. Um, I'm playing some festivals this fall right now. That's about it. I have about five or six festivals lined up.
1: What festivals? Are you allowed to say, or um, I'm sorry. Are you allowed to say, are they announced yet? Or
0: I'm not allowed to say on some of them. I can say Acadia music fest in South Louisiana, um, but the others, I can't. Yeah. There we, we haven't announced them yet, but yeah. Um...
1: Okay, well, I'll just make up some festivals. She's going to Coachella this year, guys, and it's going to be amazing. She's going to know. Anyways, you guys, um, I'm going to put her information. You can find it all out on her website or her Instagram. But uh, really, check her out. I think this is somebody to watch. I think this is somebody that you're going to really, really like. And she's one of us. She likes the shows that we like. So we do always support somebody that has a gift in some other capacity that has nothing to do with the housewives. So uh, Maggie, this was so great, too, because I didn't know Maggie before this. Um, so I just knew her through Instagram. So thank you so much for doing this. I hope it was, I hope you don't regret this.
0: No, thank you. This is like, this is dreamy. Like uh, you, I could talk about Bravo until the cows come home. So,
1: <laughs> well, you'll have to come on again and do this for, for another show. And, uh, I, like I said, I could have talked to you for another two hours. So thank you for doing two hours with us. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you very soon. All right, thank you. Bye. Five, four, three, two. Betches.